0: The purpose of a goal is not necessarily to accomplish it, but to become the man that attempts it. See, the only way you'll believe something in your heart is by experiencing it. The only way you'll ever experience it is by stepping into the uncertainty of something that demands more than you think you're worth. But man, when you experience it, now your subconscious mind believes it and it keeps rising up to align with what you're saying consciously. Because you can say all you want, oh, I'm going to make a million dollars this year. Until you experience something that makes you feel that you're worth a million dollars a year, you're never gonna get it. So I've always said, you gotta believe something in your heart before you actually have it. You gotta believe that you're worth a million dollars a year before you actually have it. The only way you'll believe that is by stepping into the uncertainty of something that demands money. than you think you're worth. Succeed at it, your mind starts to believe, oh, wait a minute, maybe maybe I am worth a million dollars. Most people will never attempt it because they don't wanna go through the uncertainty. It's so scary right? It's so uncomfortable that they don't even want to try it. Well, if you never try it, you'll never know.
1: In a world where there's so much noise and information, one podcast is on a mission to cut the fluff and get strategic. A place where you receive the latest tips to expanding your leadership, optimizing your business, and ways to become a truly peak performance human. Now, get ready as your host jake havron is here to help you live the strategic
2: life welcome to the strategic life podcast where we cut the fluff and get strategic and today we're going to get strategic with an incredible man who i'm blessed if you're watching this video right now Uh, and if you're not please watch the video to see this incredible house we're in we're in this man's house but This was once just a dream for him. He didn't even probably couldn't even imagine to have a house like this and a life like this and a beautiful relationship. Um, And that's what we're going to dive in today. You know, this man has built his success from the ground up. He was at a point where he was living in a house when he was just around 10 years old, getting woken up at night from the cockroaches in the house because that's all they had in their life. And he knew that he wanted to take care of his family to to build something bigger and his faith with God took him the whole way. So there's so much we're going to dive in. We're going to dive into business, success, all that in between. And I want to introduce you to the man, the legend, Mr. Mm-hmm. Edwin
0: Ariave. Hey, Jake. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm so excited to
3: be here. Brother, Thank I'm, you.
2: I'm so happy to have you here. Yeah. And you know what? People look at you right away and they're like, all right, who is this stunner, right? Who is this guy, right? You? I'm sure you guys have seen his his wife on the Beverly Hills Housewives, things like that. But Man, that's not not how you always started, huh? Nope, not at all. (laughs) Just fill us in because we're going to go very strategic. And we were actually like behind the camera talking for an hour. And I was like, he was telling me all these things. And I was like, dude, we need to be mic'd up already. And and he's like, trust me, I'll be able to talk again. But application. But we know that, you know, application only only goes so far. It's the story. Of course. How did you even get here today? Tell us about the origins of who Edwin is. Of course. I was born in Bogota, Colombia. My
0: parents and I came to the United States when I was six years old mm-hmm. in search of that American dream. However, that American dream quickly became an American nightmare because due to some unfortunate circumstances, our family lost everything we had. Mm. So much so that at the age of 15 years old, I had to become the, the man of the house, the, the head of household.
1: Mm.
2: And then what, what made you have to be the the head of the house. Like why, why did you have to take that role at such a young age?
0: Yeah. So two weeks after coming to the U.S., our home gets raided by law enforcement. And both of my parents ended up in jail. I and my sister, I have an older sister, ended up in a, in a foster home. Mm. And then luckily for us, our parents came out. They got acquitted of all charges. But then every year for the next four years, our home would get raided by law enforcement. And finally on that last year, my dad was taken away. He was taken away for and put away for a long time. It was, um, I remember him just, you know, the cops were nice enough to allow me to speak to him. And his last words to me then were, son, you need to become the man of the house. I need you to take care of this family.
2: And How old were you?
0: I was 10. And then he did leave us some money. Oh my God. But literally two years after that, we lost all the money we had, and that's how we ended up in a city called Huntington Park. it's okay. Not to be confused with Huntington Beach Right, or right. Hancock yeah. Park, little, little opposite. And at first, we were okay. We found a three-bedroom apartment, yeah. but then we couldn't afford the rent. So then we had to rent two of the bedrooms in the apartment. And that's when my sibling's mother and I were stuck living in this tiny little bedroom with, with no windows, a lot of darkness. Uh, okay. But what I do remember is my mom giving me a lot of love. Yeah. He was always pouring into me, always telling me I was going to do something great, always telling me that God was with me, and that one day I'd do so well that I'd be
2: able to talk to people about how my faith was the number one oh. reason why I succeeded. So even in that toughest time, you still had like your mom, like pouring that belief, faith, All the time. like yeah, yeah. I mean that was so huge for me. I mean that built wow. a confidence
0: in me because I was very shy, I was very timid. And in fact, when I was 15 years old, I was lucky enough to get a job working at a call center, Mm -hmm. which was not ideal with how shy and timid I was. But I quickly got the courage to do this job that I did not want to do in my desperation to help my family. Mm. Because, like you said earlier, I was just tired of my mom not being able to pay the rent at the end of the month. I was tired of us not eating at the end of the month. I was tired of my sibling's mother and I living in this kind of little bedroom. And then I was just tired of, the roaches waking me up in the middle of the night so the avoidance of pain mm. basically caused me to take action on something that really demanded more than mm. I was worth and i was very shy and i was very timid but the one thing i did have going for me at a very young age is i had huge hope I had huge god-sized dreams at 12 years old i became obsessed with just wanting to make 100 gram by the age of
2: 21 years old where did old. that come from how how does, how does a 12 year old who literally had a Decent life and then the house got raided. You go into this place. You then have to, you know, have roommates or staying all in the same room. Like how does a twelve year old even get that type of hope? I think number
0: one, the promise that I made to my dad. Yeah. Uh, I knew that what I had to that? that I'd take care of the family yeah. eventually. And so I knew I had to do that. Like I wasn't gonna let him down on that. He was my hero and he did a lot for us. He's another person that always showed me love. So I was like, I need to do this for my dad. And so that was number one. Number two is The only successful person I knew made 100 grand, which at the time, my older sister was dating someone that was doing pretty good for himself and sold cars. And I remember saying to myself, man, worst comes to worst, I'll
2: sell cars, but I'm gonna make 100 grand a year by the time I'm 21. So you saw that, that was the only thing you saw that made sense on what 100,000 a year looks like.
0: Yep. So when I became, when I started working at the call center, I thought to myself, well, it's just, I think the wisdom that God has given me all these years I focused on what I could control.
1: Yeah. What
0: I could control was how hard I worked and how hard I prepared. Mm. And I prepared like no one else. And I then I had faith that God would put the right people in front of me. At to 15 make the, years old? Yeah.
2: And was this, was fi- this like conscious? Like, were you actually like connecting with God or doing your prayers at that time? Were you hearing, you know, things? Like, what was your actual conscious awareness of that at 15? It's really my mom. Yeah. A, a lot of my success, That's I think, have come through my mom's
0: prayers and... I just thought to myself, I know God's with me. so Mm. I know it seems impossible, but I know he'll put the right people in front of me to make the impossible possible. And then I just started focusing on what I can control. And sure enough, by the age of 18 years old, I became the youngest manager in company history, but not because I was the most talented or most deserving. The people that were in front of me who had way more seniority, Mm -hmm. way more talented, going to college and everything, way better communicators than I was all got fired, six of them, for doing things they weren't supposed to be mm. doing. And I got my chance. And that was probably one of the biggest moments in my life because it's the first time that I truly began to believe in myself. Mm. And the reason I think that's important is because you could only receive what your mind can accept. And if your mind can't accept something, it's never going to get it. So the idea is to build your self-worth. And mm. there's two ways that you build your self-worth one is association you start associating with people that are you know six, more successful than you are mm-hmm. you're just going to rise up now some people might say well I don't, I don't have people that are doing better than me that's where personal development comes in because personal development allows you to associate with some of the most successful people in the world and when you take their experiences and you start to apply them you can manifest who they are in a couple of years you'll actually be better than them oh my gosh! and then the second part is the example I gave. You put yourself in a circumstance that demands more than you think you're worth, and then when you succeed at that circumstance, your identity goes through the roof. Mm. And that was my situation. I'm 15 years old, I put myself on the circumstance of becoming a manager by the age of 18. That demanded way more than I thought I was worth. When I succeeded at it, I was like, wait a minute, I don't see any, I don't see any other 18 year old making $1,000 a week. I don't see another 18 year old, at least that I knew at the time, managing 40 people
2: which was significant earnings at that time and being in oh, yeah. huntington park like yeah yeah so my mind began to accept You know what i was doing at 18 years old <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i was playing basketball playing video games and i was the golden child of three and um nice. I, I, I had no work experience my friend i didn't start my journey until i was 23 well wow, okay.
0: so you're doing that at 18
2: well
0: it's so funny because sports is such an important piece at least for me it teaches you how to compete it taught me that if you work hard enough, you can get what mm-hmm. you want. And I unfortunately stopped playing sports at 15 because I had to go back to work. But I remember just those wins that I got in sports. And I was like, man, I know I'm not, I don't have the most talent, but I'm going to outwork everybody. Mm-hmm. And then some way, somehow I'd end up, you know, starting. Mm-hmm. And the, that, those little wins started to build a little confidence in me. To, again, take on things that demanded more than I thought I was worth. But really, when, when you think about that, right? If something demands more than you think you're worth, that means that it's probably going to be very scary. Yes, yeah. It's going to make you very uncomfortable. And it means you're probably not going to want to do it. Yeah. That's why I think step one in succeeding is you got to have hope. Mm. Hope is basically your dreams. You got to have some God-sized dreams. And I believe you should always have hope because hope is basically something that you're looking forward to. And if you don't have anything that you're looking forward to, then you have despair. This is why I think no matter how old or how successful you are,
2: you always have hope. So the antithesis to to hope is despair. So it's like if you're feeling like you're in in depression or you feel despair, you feel lost, it's find something that you can have hope or look forward to, a promising future, a promising vision, a Mm -hmm. compelling vision, whatever that is, would you say that's also like hope, like something that leads you forward? One hundred percent, right? And I've said your dreams should be
0: so big and so audacious so that when you accomplish them, Mm. people will know they were so far beyond your own capacity that God's hand had to be in it. That's beautiful. And and this is why I think, you know, the, the dreams, the real dreams, not the ones you settle for, yeah. The dreams that God places in your heart, he didn't put them there so you could accomplish them, but he put them there to draw you closer to him so that you can accomplish them together. Because at some point you realize, man, I won't be able to do this on my own. And mm. that's why one of your greatest validations of your faith is coming through on your on your dream. Yeah. And that's why it's so crippling to give up on your dreams, because when you do, there's a part of you that will never get to as close to your faith as you would have with who I believe is the number one partner in business, which is yeah, amen. I'm a follower of Christ. So that's, what's giving me the confidence, right? Yeah. And um, see, if you're always playing it safe, you're literally squeezing God out of the formula.
2: Dude, that, let's, let's hold on that yeah. right there. That is something where, you know, it's, it's these big audacious dreams, like you said, and God doesn't put dreams in your life just so you could accomplish them. He puts the big ones that you have to realize that as a man, you probably, or a woman, or just man in general, um, you cannot accomplish on your own. And it's so funny, you know, like I'm, I'm a nurse back. I have a background in nurse. I love health. And so like, I think about it as, um, you know, in your body, your body cannot function. Every single part of your body cannot function without these things called enzymes and Mm -hmm. enzymes basically are what are like the keys that unlock, um, you know, the potential of, Certain parts parts of your body working, and no matter how many good cells you have or how good functioning the body is, it's just totally random. But that's just how my brain works. Yeah. You need the enzymes to activate whatever that response is, and that's the same thing with our lives with God. God's like He's the enzyme. He's the key. He's the 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 the, the thing that fills the heart when people feel so void and they try to fill it with every other single thing and every other single belief or whatever it is. And and we love you know anyone that has a belief that is for a greater good and great yeah. purpose, whether you believe in God or you know how they say it all the time, the universe or whatever, like yeah. but I love that because it truly does empower hopefully someone listening right now that you have to have such a big dream that it's okay that you don't achieve it, but it's a big enough dream to understand that you need something outside yourself to support yeah. you and get you there. Yeah. And that was that was yeah, your life. When where that came from is people think I'm talking about business when I say that. Mm. But really for me it was
0: my personal life. Because I one day wanted to become big family man and my problem at the time when i was younger is i i just loved women too much Mm. and um i knew that that the only way i could make that happen was with god because i knew i couldn't beat it on myself right for some people because finances by the grace of god were always kind of easy for me right yeah but um again like i was saying sometimes when if, you, if you're if always playing it safe, right? Because God-sized dreams always come with God-sized challenges. Mm. And if you always play it safe, then and you only do the things that you know you're going to succeed, and you only do the things that you know, then there isn't really a need for God, right? But this is why I've always embraced uncertainty, because it's an uncertainty where my need for God gets heightened. It's an uncertainty where I know I'm going to grow. It's an uncertainty where he's always met me. And it's an uncertainty where we've
2: always accomplish some great things together. Wow. So what would you say for someone that is in a comfortable state? They could, they're not, they could be making six plus figures, maybe even 250,000. Maybe they're just not making much money, but they're happy in their sense, but mm. they are in that safe space where they aren't challenging self. They're not pushing themselves in that uncertain space yeah. to grow, which we know that you know, with discomfort comes growth. What would you say for someone that can maybe change their paradigm a little bit or test them to say, hey, you need to like, if you, you know, want to get to the next level, you need to think about this or you need to try this out. Mm-hmm. What would you say to that person that's kind of playing it safe? Well, I think you just said it, right? It comes down to challenging
0: yourself, right? And the thing about hope is that it always comes. That's why I said you always have to have hope. And hope always comes with its set of challenges. And like challenges, your job is to figure out what those challenges are, right? because the only way you can grow, to your point, is if you challenge yourself. Mm. So I'm sure you've heard it, you're either growing or dying,
2: Yes. Yeah. right? So Do you believe that? Like, of course,
1: 100%. yeah, nothing stays the same.
0: Nothing you're,
2: stays the same, no you're plateau. You're either
0: getting better or you're getting worse. People think they're
2: plateauing, but they're actually decreasing, decreasing one degree a day. But it feels exactly. like a plateau until one day it just right. has a breaking point.
0: Right, so when you think about it, right, there's only two things that give you fulfillment in life, and it's not money. It's contribution, which is why you want to do more so you can Mm -hmm. give more. And the second one is growth. Oh, amen. Well, the only way you can- Did you learn that from Tony? I did. Oh, my man. So so the only (laughs) way you can grow is if you challenge yourself. That means you got to challenge yourself at all times, right? So that's why I've always wanted, literally, this is the story of my life. I've always embraced pain. I've always embraced Mm. difficulty. The difference between successful people or let's call them the average and the elite is the elite can take more pain Mm. but life and pain are inseparable in fact if you really think about it when you were first born you gave your mom the biggest pain she's ever had in her life followed by the biggest joy that she's ever had in her life right same thing with jesus number one example for you followers of christ right he gave the most pain so that Mm. we can have the ultimate Salvation. So life and pain are literally inseparable. And if you can embrace pain, you will separate yourself from the competition. Because when you embrace pain, you'll cultivate what I believe are the biggest skill sets that you need to sustain success for a long time, which is grit, yeah. which is really the, the character to resolve. Right? The difference between average and elite is the elite can get things done even though everything around them is crumbling down. Mm. Fortitude, the courage in adversity to stand in the pain, not to run away from it, not to go around the pain, the courage in adversity to just stand there and push forward. Mm. And then the third skill set is resiliency, the ability to get knocked down and get it back up immediately, not a month later, not two weeks later, immediately bounce back. And see, when you cultivate these skill sets, the beauty of that is no one could ever take that away. And the reason you sustain it is because, again, life and pain are inseparable, and it's inevitable that you're going to get punched in the face. So if yeah. you don't build those skill sets, you'll lose everything. And that's why you don't want things to be easy. because mm. if you're if it's easy, you'll never develop the muscles that you'll need. Yeah. To sustain success when life punches you in the face. That's why if you look at all the lottery winners, yeah. they all go broke. Why? Because it's easy money. And then when life comes and punches them in the face, they lose it all. That's happening, unfortunately, with crypto guys right now yes. where it came too yes. easy for them. Now that it's, they're getting punched in the face, they don't know how to deal with adversity, so they, they lose it. Right? Wow. So it's why you want to seek tough things, difficulty. You want to embrace the that. pain. And as long as you know that life and pain are inseparable, you'll look at pain as a good thing because we're supposed to go through it.
2: And that's a belief right there I think a lot of people need to hear is maybe they've known it, they didn't fully understand it, but life and pain are inseparable in the sense of like pain will always, no matter how perfect your life is, no matter how secure, how great of a family, how much money, how much uh, happiness or personal development, pain is still, there will be things no matter what level it is. I'm sure Tony Robbins at 60 years old He felt, he felt massive pain when the pandemic happened and he lost his identity for a quick minute of like, I've been doing these in-person events for 40 plus years, changing millions of people's lives. Mm -hmm. He definitely felt pain when he has it all, but Mm -hmm. he had grit, which let's go through that. So it's grit, fortitude, and resiliency. Yep. Those are the three things that can have you handle any. And and the reason we call them
0: skill sets is because you can develop them. Develop it. They're not traits, traits you're born with. Yeah skill sets, you can develop them. And the only way you develop them is by getting knocked down, getting back up, by going through the pain. So, you know, I'm a byproduct of thinking bigger, right? I've always had that where I was always thought big. I'm a byproduct of just having faith, having the confidence Mm -hmm. that God was always with me. And then, you know, stepping into the uncertainty and dealing with the pain. Because when you step into the uncertainty of something that demands more than you think you're worth, you're going to have to go through pain, mm-hmm. right? And that's why when you have some God sized dreams, you're going to have some God sized challenges. And when you have God sized challenges, self sufficiency is no longer an option because when you're going after the, your dreams, you better believe in a higher power when mm-hmm. the resistance comes because there's going to be a lot of resistance when you're coming out, you know, you're going after your dreams.
2: So if someone's facing a God sized challenge right now, breakup, financial bankruptcy lost in this world they lost their job whatever it is what can you say to them because what you shared is very powerful what can you say for those people that are going through a very tough challenge listening to this understanding
0: that it's a temporary discomfort it eventually goes away a lot of times we we start thinking it's never going to go away and what happens is you you paralyze yourself the fear paralyzes you Right, Mm. but if you just start taking action, massive action towards that worry and not worry about what seems impossible, focus on what you can control. God will start putting the right people in place so the impossible becomes possible. Mm. Most people let the fear paralyze them. They went through a tough time and now they're just in bed for months feeling sorry for themselves, right? Versus what you should do immediately is start taking action. I mean, I went through that in 2020. I just literally went through that. You're I got sure. I got punched in the face for the second time in my life. I've only been punched twice in the face in my career. This was the second time... What both have in common is both times I sort of started to relax. Mm. you know, And when you relax, you, you will get punched in the face. But this time around, it was fourth quarter of 2020 we were on fire, meaning company was crushing it. And then within a three-month span, I got hit with the perfect storm. The company that I do business with, which is Brinks Home Security, basically says, hey, your creation cost is a little too much. We're going to have to pay you less, about $350 less per deal, right? We do about 30,000 accounts, so you can do the math on that. Followed by At the same time, my number one sales team decides uh, gets recruited by one of my biggest competitors. Third, I lost another 25% of my sales team to solar because at the time, all the solar companies went after my sales reps because my sales reps are some of the best sales people in the world. And I didn't have a solar company, right? Mm -hmm. And then I probably lost 15% of crypto. So... Yikes. The worst thing that could happen to a company when you're scaling is lose 65% of your production. Because when you lose 65% of your production, you can't even cover your overhead. Yeah. I mean, I was, neg- I was negative 50 grand a week. Jeez. I'm going like this. I had two options, right? I could sit, feel sorry for myself and let it all go to crap. Or I can just start taking massive action. That's what I did. I said, I don't know how. It's the story of my life. Please, yeah. I've always said, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but we're going to figure it out. We're going to start a solar company and we're going to get that 25% of the people back.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That number one sales team that left, they're going to come back. I know they are. So we're going to end up in good terms. I could have sued them. I could have gone, played the bad guy part. They, they all had non-competes. I had confidence in what I brought to the table. Mm. And I knew that what they were offering them at that other company they weren't going to be able to keep it. Right. And I knew they'd come back. And then I said to myself, I'm going to work harder than I've ever worked. And I just went, talk about massive action. I was working 15, 18 hours a day, taking phone calls on Sundays, Saturdays. I mean, you'll, that's my wife when we leave here. 11 o'clock at night, you want to talk to me on a Sunday? Let's pick up the phone. I mean, I was just nonstop. And I remember thinking to myself, and I think it was the Holy Spirit, honestly, talking to me because it's what, helped me during that tough time. Yeah. And it was this voice in my head saying to me, you think it's supposed to be easy? Like you think you're gonna mm. be a $500 million company, a billion dollar company, and it's supposed to be a cakewalk? Like it's supposed to be hard. What you're going through is setting you up so you can get to that next level. Mm. And it was those words, that wisdom, that little voice in my head that gave me the confidence that I needed. And sure enough, and you know, people will never see people never knew that I was going through that right. because I had to like stand tall. Yeah, of course. Right? Courage and adversity. Hey, we're good. You know. Which
2: is a powerful, powerful characteristic of a leader is even when things are in complete dismay, you cannot let your people see that. It doesn't mean you lie or deceit to them. Right. But you hold strong so they can still have that hope and then you're figuring it out in the back end, yep. which is what you're doing.
0: And then yeah, so and then I'm sure 15 months later, October hits, that number one sales team comes back. No way. By then I've already started the solar company, all 25% of the solar guys came back. And by then all of these guys that I was working on, I wasn't getting immediate results. That's where that wisdom came in of it's supposed to be hard because I was literally not getting results. Six months later, eight months later, 10 months later, 12 months later,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I was getting a little better, But I wasn't getting close to getting back to where I was, Mm. not even nearly close. Then all of a sudden, fourth quarter comes, boom, takes off like a rocket ship. We've had our best fourth quarter in company history last year, best first quarter in company history, best second quarter in company history. We'll have our best third quarter in company history. And the company is just on fire. What no one will probably see is all all that pain that I had to go through. I mean, literally the most pain I've ever had to go through, right? Uh, It's, you know, it's that moment where you're like, man, is this it? Is this where where, Uh, where I'm going down, mm -hmm. right? And here's the thing too. I had to make a decision. Number one is, do I cut my staff in half or do I have the faith that I can rebuild it again? And the decision really came down to my mission. I want to create the most seven figure a year earners than Mm -hmm. any sales industry has ever created. Truth of the matter is when that happened to me, I could have easily cut my staff in half and I would have been making the kind of money that I'm used to. But mm-hmm. that's not fun for me anymore. Like I've been doing that for 23 years. Bro. What's fun for me now is I want to give people the same opportunity that I had, which was when I was 15 years old, what I didn't tell you is that I was so shy and timid that during interviews, I'd start sweating. So the call center that I originally Uh, that I got hired at, didn't originally hire me Mm. because I got so nervous. And like 16 previous interviews also didn't hire me because I, again, sweaty and get nervous, couldn't complete sentences, right? right? So my buddy says to me, hey, Edwin, they're hiring at the spot. I know they're gonna hire you because he knew my situation, right? Like just show up and I promise you they will hire you. So I get up, I, I go drive down there in my beat up Nissan Sentra, it's an 82, had no shocks, literally bouncing, right? I get to the place, right? And I'm already kind of hot because I had no air conditioning in my car. Yeah. I still had the roll-ups, right? So I had the, the windows all rolled down. I'm like, God, please don't let me sweat. Start interviewing, <laughs> drenched in sweat, no right? No way. Can't complete sentences. I don't get the job. So now I'm discouraged. I'm like just literally like, it's never gonna happen. And I, as I'm walking to my car, I go to the restroom to just wash up, mad at myself. remember just praying and saying, God, I just give me a chance. Help me get a job. Still get emotional sometimes when I talk Mm -hmm. about it. And I promise you, I'll work harder than anyone's ever worked in their life. So I walk out that restroom. There's a gentleman outside. He says, when do you start, kid? I said, "I, I don't start. You guys are full. He says, no, we're not. Just come with me. Takes me to the HR room. And he says, I need you to hire this kid. I need them to start tomorrow. That same person is the same person that six years later allows me, helps me start my own home security company. So I'm a firm believer that all people need in life is a shot. They need a system. They need a leader who believes in them. That's going to be patient with them. That's going to show them how to do it. And that's why I'm so passionate about what we do at my company. Yeah. You know, we're, yeah, we're in the solar business. Yes, we're in the security business. But really, we're, we're a personal development company. Yeah. Leadership development company. Yeah. That just happens to be in the solar world, in the, in the Brinks Home Security, I mean, in the security world. And, you know, we want to create an environment where people are unleashed to fulfill their God-given potential. And yeah. we do that by helping people become the best version of themselves.
2: Dude, if, if you're not sold on this guy's mission already after yeah. that, man, I, I could just say just like anyone listening to that story and doesn't get inspired by that, I, I just, I don't even know what would inspire them because, you know, I, I have a curious, I have a question about that guy that was yeah. in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the most beautiful thing about that, and I have to highlight this for people is this was 2020. So two years ago. Yeah. Already a lot of success. Beautiful houses, traveling the world, beautiful wife, family, like out from the outside already, on, you know, and people see you on the, the housewives and all that stuff. So they see like this, this family's living it. They're successful. And most people didn't know about this, this story, this pain, like even at the highest, or I know you have new levels and you always have new levels, but even at a quote unquote high level, people see you as you went through a point that you said was one of the two biggest punches in the face in your entire life. Yep. And you shared that. And I just got to just make that so clear for people. And that inspires me because like, I'm at a point now where I don't know what kind of pain will come in the future. I know there will be. Mm-hmm. But like, this gives me hope to understand yeah. that, like you know what? When I do experience pain, it's, just, it's not just me. It's people like that, you have yeah. felt that too. And, and I think, see, if you do nothing, you get nothing. Mm.
0: But if you put so much effort into something, so much, every cause has an effect. So when I was going through that tough time and I kept telling myself, it's supposed to be hard, it's not supposed to be easy, I did have that confidence because I knew that there's, just because I've done it before, right? When you put that kind of effort, and what effort I'm talking about is Monday through Saturday, Sunday, whatever it takes, that kind of effort, there's always going to be a return. Mm. Problem is people quit right before the blessing comes. Yeah. And usually right before the blessing comes comes the biggest freaking punch you'll ever have in your life gotcha. and then that derails you to go back to what yeah. you're used to and again because i've experienced so many times and that's why you want to cultivate the pain because when you when you embrace the pain you realize what it what it what it feels like and you realize what's on the other side of it mm. but if you never go through the pain you'll never realize what's mm-hmm. on the other side of it which is your freedom man right so you have to go through, and I was going through it, I was like, man, I've been through this before. Okay. It has to be this hard. I know it seems like, to your point, the whole world's coming apart. There's no way I'm putting this much effort and I'm not gonna get a return. And you know, sometimes it doesn't happen in three months, six months. For me, I didn't really
2: see that return until 15 months later. Yeah. And then it just, boom, just skyrocketed. Take this and really, really understand this because I believe it's like a, it's almost like a a natural law that when you have that biggest, you know, reward or blessing, there always will be that challenge, that punch in the face, the resistance. It's like, if we look at the natural laws, because I love to not just take a theory, but put Mm -hmm. it into something that's factual. You look at um, when we, when we have a rocket and we take off into space, Mm -hmm. the most amount of energy is right off when it gets taken off. But it has to break through the threshold of before it gets into zero gravity. And right when it's about to break in that threshold of when it hits the certain atmosphere, and now it's like, you know, the amount of energy it needs, it just coasts. Like, that's the same thing in life. But that threshold is like, it's like, that's the biggest threshold. And if the rocket's not built properly, the rocket will implode. The rocket won't be able to make it. It'll have to go off. It's the same thing in life. When you are at that threshold, I see it as like almost like a bubble expanding as you're going through and you're getting more and more resistance or you have a rubber band pulling from behind Mm -hmm. and you keep going, which you did. Eventually that rubber band will snap. And it'll push yep. you off but that's like i feel like that's like a natural law and people just yeah. really need to understand through your story that that is when you feel challenges don't and you're, you're so good at the quality of questions we'll get to the, the the story with the guy it's not saying why is this happening to me or like what am i going to have to do to not go bankrupt or you know all these scarcity things you were probably playing through the the, the to your mind of like what do i have to do to to get this going how can I make this work where I'm not cutting off my people? Like, mm-hmm. and that was the values you had, yeah. but that's because you had that deep down drive that you knew that failure wasn't an option. Everything is created out of the nothing. When you got nothing left and you empty the tank, that's where
0: everything is created. Oh, you're freaking inspiring. And it's, it literally is, you know, I. I, I from experience,
2: right? It's not just like not I learned it your, from a yeah.
0: text. It it literally is. you live it. I've went through it, and that's why you feel it from me. And, and I, that's why spirit. I feel it, bro.
2: This is you know incredible so far. And we're just we're just touching the surface yeah. of what we're gonna go through. But we'll talk about yeah, this guy. So I
0: just going back to faith real quick. Yes, I learned this from my pastors, one of my men, Ed Milette and Erwin McMahon. is yeah. like two of my mentors, right? And I never, you know, it. it's funny. You go to the Bible, and hope if you haven't been to the Bible, and you're ever gonna go to it, go to Proverbs. Proverbs is mm. all, all about wisdom,
2: mm.
0: and it'll give you all the success principles. From one of
2: principles. the richest men in the,
0: the yep. in the world. Exactly. And I've read Proverbs, God knows how many times. I totally skipped, or it didn't resonate until I heard Erwin talk about uh, Proverbs 24, it's 24, 16.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It says, for the righteous will fall seven times, but the wicked will fall fall when calamity strikes now the word seven doesn't literally mean seven seven in the bible means infinity what well, it means a lot of things one mm. of it is infinity mm. so for the righteous will fall seven times wow that means because some people think oh if i get closer to my faith i don't have to go through pain you can be as close to your faith as you want you're gonna go through pain is
2: this the one that he did a couple weeks ago in resiliency, resiliency, and you sent me amen. yeah yeah, I sent you yeah that. that was a beautiful i message. mean wow
0: i was like wait a minute even if you're a man of faith, you got to go through pain. Yeah. But all you got to do is get up one more time. You fall seven times, get up eight. Yeah. And uh, he just said it so well that I was just like, oh, that's me.
2: That's the story And Erwin, life. Erwin's such a, um, he's such an artist with his words and yep. wisdom, but I, I, I from like him all the time. I like how he also gets into the, the, the true Greek meaning of things. And I, mm-hmm. I didn't know that about the seven. Of, it has one of the interpretations being infinity. So yeah. it means that you're always going to fall. Yeah. And, but, you know, the, they, you always will get back up if that's who you are. The wicked will be the ones that, you know, collapse when they have external pressure. Yeah. And this is, this is something actually. It could even
0: be when, when, when you're that type of person, like we said, wants everything easy. So you take shortcuts, you scam Mm. people, you're Mm. not about integrity because you're always looking for the easy way. Well, guess Mm. what? When life punches you in the face, boom, you're done. Or the righteous will fall, but they get up seven, fall seven times but they get up.
2: That's good. Even if you guys don't believe in, you yeah. know, in the Bible or whatnot, the Bible is just just full of wisdom. Full of wisdom. It's 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 truth in many different ways that you could still have a great life no matter what your belief is and mm-hmm. I think that one right there will be what people will be putting on their walls. Yeah. No matter what their it's faith is. It's become one of my favorite ones now. Proverbs 24:16. Mhm. Good. Yeah. So we're gonna dive into your faith here shortly, but go yeah. back so we could keep this. There's so many areas I'm like, you're like an, you're like a book of many chapters and yeah. we could sit here for hours. Um, talk about this man that that changed your life where you met him in the restroom or Yeah, you guys so are like at the same stall, like yeah, you know, you so back to like- the
0: story. So I become the youngest manager in company history, right? Well, part of the benefit, one of the perks of that is I became the right hand of the VP of sales. He was the VP of sales. Mm. And I'm sure Sure enough, three years later, he comes into my office and he says, hey, I'm going to start this home security company and I'm going to resign. He says, um, I want you to help me build it. He says, look, I can't guarantee you the $70,000 a year that you make. here. I was making some pretty good money back yeah. then. Back in 99.
2: At 18 years old. At, now 21, I'm 21. 21. Yeah. You know how much money I was making at 21? How much? <laughs> I had a full scholarship, so I guess that kind of there you made yeah. me money. You paid for the college, yeah. Yeah, once again, though. Like you doing this at 21, it's insane.
0: And uh, he says to me, he's like, I can't guarantee the $70,000 a year, but if you make this work, you can possibly double, triple, quadruple what you make here. And the thing about success, even though you got to go through pain, you don't have to be the smartest guy in the world, right? You just need common sense and you need to have some drive. Yeah. That's exactly what I used. I used common sense. I said, This guy's making 250 grand a year, he's resigning because he thinks he can make millions in an industry that's untapped. i all that makes sense. Second thing I thought was, if this guy's willing to mentor me how to start a company from the ground up, this is the mentorship I've been looking for. And the third thing I knew was that I was a huge dreamer. You know, I promised mm. my dad at 10 years old I'd take care of the family. I promised my mom at 12 years old that one day I would buy her a dream house. And then I was a huge dreamer. You know, I was a kid that literally would ditch school And go to Rodeo Drive to go window shopping because I like fashion. And then I'd go to Hollywood Hills and Beverly Hills and I'd be like, man, I don't know how I'm gonna do this, but one day I'm gonna end up living over here, right? So I knew I was a big dreamer. And then again, I used common sense. I said, is $70,000 a year gonna make those dreams happen? Mm. And the reality was no. And then one of the things I did is I looked at the worst case scenario because one of the ways that you eliminate fear is you look at the worst case scenario Mm. and you're okay with the outcome. So at the time, we went from Huntington Park to Southgate, a little better of an area, but I was still only a mile away, two miles away from Watts. And I thought to myself, if I, mel- if I fail miserably, I end up in the projects in Watts, but not that much different from that little apartment that I mm. lived with without any windows. And Watts but is if like I make this Compton, work, yeah, Compton for South the, Central. Yeah,
2: like, not a place you probably want to be in. And... But I said to myself, but if I make it
0: work... I can make all these dreams happen. And and so even though everybody was telling me, you're crazy for leaving a job that's paying you $70,000 a year with benefits. Because remember, at the time, I was paying for all my bills at my house. Mm-hmm. I had my siblings, mom, I paid for everything. You really were the so man in the house. So I, um, I took the plunge. And you know I, I, I've always said the purpose of a goal is not necessarily to accomplish it, but to become the man that attempts it. See, the only way you'll believe something in your heart is by experiencing it. The only way you'll ever experience it is by stepping into the uncertainty of something that demands more than you think you're worth. But man, when you experience it, now your subconscious mind believes it and it keeps rising up to align with what you're saying consciously. Because you can say all you want, oh, I'm going to make a million dollars this year. Until you experience something that makes you feel that you're worth a million dollars a year, you're never going to get it. So I've always said, you got to believe something in your heart before mm. you actually have it. you got to believe that you're worth a million dollars a year before you actually have it. The only way you'll believe that is by stepping into the uncertainty of something that demands more than you think you're worth. Succeed at it, your mind starts to believe,
2: oh, wait a minute, maybe, maybe I am worth a million dollars. The purpose of the goal is not to just accomplish it, but it's to become the man or the woman that that that. that Comes attempts through it. it that attempts it, yeah. And the journey. Most people
0: will never. It's what I said earlier. Most people will never attempt it because they don't want to go through the uncertainty. It's so scary, mm. right? It's so uncomfortable that they don't even want to try it. Well, if you never try it, you'll never know. And it's until you try it that you're like, wait a minute, I can't afford this. Like the first time I bought a million dollar house, I was scared shitless. I was like, damn, can I really afford this or not uh-huh. Like I don't know if I could afford this. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, wait a minute. You can afford this all day long, right? If I would have never bought it, I would have never known, Yeah. right? But if I would have let my self-worth been, oh man, the best I'm going to do is 600 grand a year, man. I'm a $600,000 house. Well, good luck on that. And then I just took steps, right? I knew that your first house is never going to be your dream house, right? But it's a stepping one. Yeah. And then from a from a million dollar house, I went to a $2 million house, to then a five and so on, you know?
2: This, man, this is... This is a wake up call for a lot of people. Your story is a wake up yeah. call. There's a lot of people with your seventy thousand dollar story. There's a lot of people that have quote unquote the golden handcuffs. They're getting enough just to get by. Mm-hmm. They they're getting the bills taken care of. They want maybe something bigger, but they're humiliated or said don't do that. It's too risky, just like how you got that. And they stay in this handcuffs, feeling like they're in the jail, even though it's the most lavish looking handcuffs. And you just challenged a lot of people to. Look down at their hands, realize that they have their hands, but it's only limited of where they can move it because it's on the handcuffs. And you're saying, if you if you see success leaves clues, which this guy mm-hmm. was successful, you, it makes common sense that if this guy truly believes he's going to leave his his quarter million a year job to go do something bigger, that must be something that you could believe in. Just like how so many people believe in your mission, mm-hmm. like they wouldn't probably be joining the company as as rapidly if they didn't see you in the the front lines, yeah. still sharing it. It was the belief that you brought. And being able to have the ability to outwork anyone.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So you're ch- I, I, want, I want that to just challenge someone right now that's yep. listening to understand that if you have the golden handcuffs, I've personally experienced this with people that I, I consult and train and work with, and they want to go from a corporate job to building their own business. And, and that's the toughest thing, but you're, you're a living example. So yep. let this example, let him be the guy that he saw that was successful and took the step. Let this be right now, the example that you say. Hey, I need to go find someone to mentor or Mm -hmm. to be mentored by. I need to go find some, some courses to learn this because if he can do it, then you can do it. And we've heard that before, but it's the truth. I'll give you, here's another example. Since we both love sports and
0: basketball, right? My favorite athlete of all time is Kobe Bryant. I remember in 96, you know, he was young. I was young. I was managing all these people. And I I was like, he gave me so much confidence because I saw his willingness to attempt things, the desire Mm -hmm. to not be afraid. And if you remember that, his rookie year when he played against Utah in that playoff game, he shot four air balls in a row yes. with the game on the line. Yes. Got so much heat from that. Like, why are you shooting? Why didn't you give the ball to Shaq? Most people don't recover from that. Yeah. What did he do the next year? He shot it even more. And eventually, if you shoot enough, you'll start making them. When you make them, you believe it. mm Right. It's a great so example. You have to experience it before you believe it. And the only way you believe
2: it is by taking shots. Yeah.
1: But if
0: you don't take the shots, you'll never experience it. You're never giving yourself a shot.
2: Do you have any do you have any uh, uh personal stories with Kobe? Any uh connection or things? I you did do um a speaking engagement with Kobe about yeah. two years ago, two
0: and a half years ago before he passed away. Mm. I remember I have this you saw the painting I have yeah. of Kobe Bryant. I thought about taking it with me so he could sign it. And uh I noticed his wife was uh, following my wife, and I thought to myself, ah, if I take it, I'm going to fan out. I'm going to be friends with this guy yeah. one day. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to wait till we become friends. You'd rather be friends than fans. Yeah, yeah and, and and I love that. I'm not going to take it, right? And then, obviously, that tragedy happens, uh-huh. and yeah, it was painful. I, I cried. Uh, I got emotional thinking about it, too.
1: Yeah. yeah. He gave me a lot of uh, confidence at, at a young age because I saw him
3: just attempting stuff.
1: Yeah. And I was like, man, this guy's a
0: rookie. He doesn't care. He's just like, I'm going to be the next Jordan.
2: And gave me that confidence. Did you see yourself in him? The way that he was a rookie with that confidence and you were a 15-year-old? Yeah, but I,
0: I didn't have the
2: confidence, but
0: because I, you know, I, I got the confidence. Man, if this guy's doing it, man, that's, that's the kind of confidence I want. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's just that mentality of, I'm going to figure this thing
1: out. Yeah.
0: I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to figure it out. Somehow,
2: some way, we can figure it out. Beautiful. Yeah. Did you, uh, when you spoke with him, did you have any, like, did you get to meet him or I did get to meet him. Yeah. We spoke
0: at different times. So I spoke on stage, I think the day before he spoke the day after. Yeah. 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 That was an incredible moment for sure.
2: I mean, look at the emotions you just felt for a man that you met for a minute or so, personally, but yeah. the impact he's created yeah. from afar. Yeah, I think we often uh we overlook the impact we could create, and we think that we have to have direct connection. We need to be sitting down with this person, talking to them, you know, being in their lives. But Kobe was not like that for millions of people. It was his values, his integrity, his tenacity, yeah. all these things. And this actually is just kind of hitting me with a download right now. It's like, yeah, it, it's very, very inspiring, and it's getting me inspired to think that he impacted you so much. He just created an emotional movement in you as of many. But you only, yeah. You've only had one, two, maybe whatever minutes of in-person interaction.
0: Yeah, but crazy he's... how much impact you can put in the world. And that's why I love, you know, when you share the gifts with your world and then you help others do the same. It's, again, it's what drives me today. If I can share my gifts with the world, it's one of the ways you can make major impact in this world. And again, sometimes you got to dig deep though find out what those gifts were. I mean, you see me speaking the way I'm speaking today, but six years ago I didn't speak this way. Yeah. I was very, very uh I have a I had a self-limiting belief that I wasn't very smart. So for many years I couldn't explain
2: how I got to where I
0: got. So everything you're hearing from me, I had a reverse engineer. Yeah. Right. And let's talk
2: about that. Let's talk about the 2016 onward when you Yeah, so
0: so that was the sp- first time I got punched in my face,
2: right? That was the 2016? That was
0: 2016. I got punched in the face twice. I shared with you the first, the 2020.
2: What was the 2016 one?
0: 2016, which is why I became so obsessed with becoming a personal development that just happens to be a leadership development company, right? That just happens to be in smart home arena, in the solar arena, right? Is because I went through it. And, And in 2016, what happened to me is I finally surpassed my self-worth. I finally surpassed my identity. Mm. One of my mentors, Ed Milet, talks about the thermostat, right? Well, that's what I did, right? See, you're never going to out-earn your self-worth. I'm going to repeat that again. You're never going to out-earn your self-worth. You could have all the talent to make seven figures a year, but if your self-worth is down here, you're never going to get it, Mm. right? You'll always self-sabotage yourself, to come back down to what you really think you're worth. Because- your subconscious mind will always prove itself correct. Yes. So if self, like me, if your self-limiting belief was that I wasn't very smart, it's going to prove itself, right? Mm. So what happened to me in 2016, all these thoughts, the self-limiting belief that I had came little by little, started to resurface. And that self-limiting belief was that I wasn't very smart because the school system made me believe that Because I got a 1.8 GPA and because I didn't pass tests, I wasn't smart. So for years, I suppressed that by saying to myself, as long as I outwork everybody, as long as I have faith, discipline, perseverance, integrity, I'll beat people out. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did from 1999 to 2016 Okay, until that moment came. And what happens is when it comes, you start going on a downward spiral. So I started to self-sabotage my family. I started to self-sabotage my business, self-sabotage my faith. All of a sudden, I, I went away from faith. And I'm going on a downward spiral, and I'm going fast. And I knew what the problem was. And the problem was that I hadn't studied, I hadn't worked on my mind. See, one of the reasons that I was successful from 20 to 40, or 21 to 40 years old, was because when I worked at the call center, before I would get on the phones to sell, they would pay me to train on my mind and personal development. Really? For an hour a day, five days a week, I had to wow. work on my mindset. And then like a dummy, once I started my own company, sometimes you have a little too much freedom, so yeah. you lose a little bit of discipline. I
2: stopped working on my mind. What were you like learning in those hours? What were they teaching you? It was a lot of mindset stuff, communication. Was Again, it, was um, it being taught by like the like the legends of that time, or was it like more corporate training? It was corporate training. Corporate training. Yeah,
0: yeah. And you know, self mastery is self awareness. Yeah. So a lot of this, a lot of personal development is you become aware of why you do things, yes. and then you could break the habits.
1: Amen.
0: Well, when you don't do something for a long time, you start to dislike it. Mm. So for twenty years, I didn't work on my mind, so I started mm. to dislike it. I didn't want to pick up a book whatsoever. So I finally pick up a book because I knew what the problem was. And my sales guys were all into Grant Cardone and 10X.
1: -hmm.
0: So I'm like, man, I got to pick up this book. So I pick up a book. Of course, I can't read it. So I get the audio, can't retain it. So I literally had to hit play and stop, write 75% of the book out. That's the only way I could retain the information. Well, what I realized is that mostly everything that was in this book I had already experienced what i say earlier you only believe something in your heart when you experience it yes. well when i read it in the book i was like wait a minute everything he's talking about i've already done and then i started studying people like ed Milat, who now has become one of my best friends and i started realizing wait a minute everything he's talking about i've also experienced yeah so what ended up happening is my self-conscious mind started to rise up See, in 2015, I went in front of the whole company. I said, We're going to be a $100 million company. Problem is, my self limiting belief didn't believe it. So, my self conscious started to prove itself right mm. to start to basically uh, attack it, right? But as I, that's where I got the personal development that allows you to associate with su- successful people. And when you take their experiences and you start to apply them, you can manifest who they are. Yes. So, I said to myself, Both of these guys are worth hundreds of millions of dollars, and they're talking about stuff that I already did. So what happens? Your subconscious mind starts to rise up, and then it aligns with what you're saying in your conscious. Yes. Then what happens is God starts giving you all the divine connections. What happens in 2017, my wife books a show called Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which then opens up the floodgates for me to go to recruit, because now... It shows my success. Yeah. Now it shows the glamorous part of, of what we do. And I'm able to go all kinds, you know, I'm able to recruit like crazy. C-level executive calls me that was running a $500 million company. He's now our president. Same year, Grant Cardone calls me and says,
2: hey, I want you to come out on my podcast. Did he like, was it his team that found you or did he, did he his see team, you on the
0: show? Uh, his team, I just came out on the show. So he wanted me to talk about, you know, the show wow. and how sales, you know, I'd never even done a podcast before. I never spoke in front of that audience no before. And then from there, I did s- so well that then Ed Millett DM'd me and said, hey, do you want to come out on my podcast? Well, Describe, right?
2: describe the Grant Cardone podcast here because that was your first one. Oh, yeah. You wrote out his book to even try to retain it. Like, yeah. go a little more granular with how that experience was with him.
0: Yeah. So first of all, I slept 30 minutes that night. That's how scared I was. Oh, my god. You know, Grant's a guy where if you don't know what you're talking about, he'll shred you to pieces and, and he'll say, You're not a power player. I've, I've mm. seen him do that. You're not a power player. What are you doing here? And literally, I was running. That was a vision I was running in my head. I'm mm. like, Wait a minute. What if he does this? Mm. Right. So I get my confidence from preparation. Man, I prepared, I think 10 hours for every 30 minutes minimum. Right. When, that's where I have to prepare. Yeah. I prepare like, crazy and that gives me the confidence i
2: literally thought of every question he can ask okay so that was your type of preparation yeah that was list. my pre- i'm not a guy that can just wing stuff of course you're a sales guy you have every objection and you're putting the answers so yeah you just like know. i just
0: needed to become prepared and i did yeah. here's the crazy part i did not want to do it in fact i kept running away from it and my my uh one of the guys that i was working with before kept saying to me hey grant wants you to come on the show i was like oh, I, I made up the excuse of i'm busy i'm busy i'm busy yeah. right And then finally, I had this thing in my heart that um, kept telling myself, no, you have to do this because one of the things I didn't tell you is that 15, well, I might have said it, at 15 years old, my mom would pray over me Mm -hmm. all the time. She said, one day you're going to be so successful that you're going to be sharing on how the reason you're successful, the number one reason is because God has always been with you. That's why if your why is big enough, You're going to want to step into faith because you realize you can't do it with him. And now that you have him, you're going to step into the uncertainty of something that demands more than you think you're worth so that, you know, so so step on something that demands more than you think you're worth so you can succeed at it, right? Well, the reason I did it was because my dream was to be able to tell people about how God was a big reason for my success. That's why I did it. If that dream wouldn't have been big enough, I would have wow. never gone on it. That was the only on reason
2: you went on Grant Cardone's.
0: Only reason I Because you had on. all the
2: opportunities. They were waiting for you, and you kept pushing it yeah. aside, making an excuse of business. And here's the
0: thing. Because of that, and then Ed Milets, is why you have me in front of you here, right? I would have, and now I get to share my story, and I get to impact, hopefully, a lot of people. Oh, you will. You but already are. you'll never know what those gifts are until you go through the resistance. Yes. So, all that resistance I had to go through now allowed me to unlock what I believe is one of my biggest gifts in life.
2: And you got to refine the craft. Like, it's like you had the diamond, but it was all the dirt and mud around it. Mm-hmm. And you're such, so, I mean, I know every single person listening right now will agree with this, but I'm very, very impressed. I truly am. Like, we're going to have a great time after playing basketball, all these things. Yeah. But I'm very impressed with just your cadence, your storytelling, all these things. But that only comes from you practicing it on Grand Cardone's and by yeah. that and it's funny to even say practicing on some of the biggest podcasts in the world such a beautiful testimony what you've done but you wouldn't be probably either on this podcast or as good of a influential speaker mm-hmm. if you didn't practice it through going through the resilience and the mm-hmm. resistance
0: it's another pain I had to go through the pain of that man that yeah. was hard man I mean the first one of my I think it's the best podcast ever Ed my unlocking your success code
1: mm.
0: I mean i Spent a whole week literally writing that thing down word for word, going back, listening, going back, listening, going back, listen it. That's why, you know, a lot, you know, I, I probably remind some people of Ed, my lead, and Erwin, because they're both of my mentors and I yeah. studied them, right? It's no different than when Kobe Bryant studied Michael Jordan, yeah. right? You study, you study, you study. And, uh, but people don't see that kind of preparation. No. Like, man, I, because it was hard for me. It's, you know, again, my gift isn't to, just
2: go up there, and wing stuff, and sound all eloquent. Yeah. I got to prepare, man. Which, which, there's different speakers, too. Like, sometimes, I, I like preparing, too, but I'm more of, like, the put me out there and I'm going to let it flow. I do need some preparation, but it's, not everyone's like that. You're the type of person, yeah. you need preparation. But the cool thing about you is, you're so prepared, yet you're not calculated. You're right. calibrated, which mm-hmm. is a slight difference. You're calibrated in the sense you know what to say and you know your stories, but, like, you're not calculated where you sound like a robot. And that's that's when people don't resonate or they tune out, and and you have yeah. that that flow. And I think it's because you also, and I'm sure you could agree, but you have the Holy Spirit within you. Yeah, you're open to whatever flows, so you're right. you're connected. It's not like it's only coming through your brain. Right, you're actually open, so it's actually coming through, and then coming out through your heart. Right, and that's that's the difference. So here's the way I'll break
0: it down, which is, please, I'm, I'm agreeing. But what I do though, is, I. Literally have to write a script of so it is my thoughts right Mm -hmm. so I'll give you an example I spoke last week in a a a presentation right Um, in front of I don't know two thousand people wow and uh, I'm like what am I going to talk about so I write it like a story like a script right because you know if you're going to go up there if you just have thirty minutes you don't want to go over right so yeah if I go up there you know can I just go up there and talk about anything but then I'll ramble on and it won't. Makes sense, right? So what I'll do is I'll write it out, then I'll memorize the entire script. I'm not a good reader, so I can't use, uh, what are those things called?
2: The the teleprompter? Teleprompter, I can't. Because even
0: if I read it, I can't transfer it because I'm in my head about reading it. So for me, again, different people learn a different way. I memorize something, then I internalize it, and then I personalize it.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: So what? Ha- so that's why when people say, "Oh, I don't," you know, and again, I'm timid, I'm shy. So this is why I got to do it this way. But I tell my sales guys all the time, they're like, because some of my best sales guys don't. They're like, I, I don't want to follow a script. Yeah. And they sell on personality. Well, if you sell on personality, you're not going to be able to scale that thing because there's Amen not too to many that. people that have personalities, right? However, if you if you sell on a script and you never change what you're saying, then what happens is you're able to scale that because now somebody like me who couldn't complete sentences, who was very shy, can just learn it well enough that you won't even know it's a
1: script. Yes.
0: Right? So like when I was up on stage, I was telling my sales guys today last week, and this is just new, so I'm sharing it with you. My whole 30-minute presentation was scripted. Yes. No one in that audience knew it was and scripted no cuz I knew it so well.
2: that's the power of yeah.
0: of real influential speaking. Yep. And then I didn't have to think about it. It was reflexive. So if yes. I want to do a little cut to the right, I can't. Boom, I'm back to my left. Yeah. If I want to go to the right, boom, back to my go back to the center, right? Yeah. I could and you know it so well that even if you get nervous, you practice it, you practiced it so much, you can't get it wrong. Yeah. So Even though your heart's going boom, 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 like you can't mess up because you know your it's heart so well.
2: like that when you went on that stage always I, I yeah. hate the first minute yeah the yeah. first minute when you have to try to build that trust and rapport and you're like, are these people gonna boo me are they gonna yeah. you know like want to start seeing people walk out? Well, you know what my fear is What's that? I still when I get really nervous, I'll start sweating.
1: Mm. It
0: doesn't happen as much as it used to, but it still happens so my biggest fears man i'm gonna go up on stage if i forget what i'm gonna say i'm gonna start sweating Mm. so that's the big big thing but so that's where that little bit of fear comes in but you know that's why i prepare like crazy for for these things and again when you prepare for it so much even if you wanted to screw it up you can't because you've done it so many times
2: do you think that's uh not to go too far on a tangent on this because i want to keep this 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 train of thought and i love it but the fear of you know messing up and then getting very uh, uh like sweating a lot is that because it's tied to your memories as a kid sweating like do you think that's an actual yeah. physiological thing that's in your dna or do you think it's just because once you have that fear that memory of you being very fearful and as a kid sweating profusely in the you know when you're 15 years old do you yep. think that's where it's connected to
0: I, I think it's a little bit of that i think you know that's why i still got to study on my mind all the time yeah right because that self-limiting belief will resurface itself, right? So it's not, it's constant work. Yeah. It's not, oh, I made it. I don't yeah. got to work on my mind anymore because I'm so good and I articulate so well. No, I got to constantly work on that because whenever I stop working on it, that little thing starts to resurface, right? So it's constant work, right? It's no different than working on your body, mm-hmm. right? You, you want to stay in shape. You got to continue to work on it because it doesn't matter what you did the last 20 years or how ripped you've looked the last 20 years, you, you let yourself go. It's, it's, uh, it'll go away. Exactly.
2: Do you believe, um, and this is just like a little more, just honestly, this is why we're so casual here, but do you believe that like, if, and I'm sure you've done some different work and therapy and things like that, but do you believe that there's a cord that if you learned how to properly snip that from the, Physiological response of getting fearful and sweat a lot. Do you think there's a way that if you release that, you you became aware of it and did some therapy that if you became fearful nowadays that you probably wouldn't sweat that profusely?
0: Maybe I'm sure there's probably stuff that could. Pro- I mean, I've heard people you know talk about that you know all, all these things that happen to you from a childhood you know can be you know you could fix those things. But like I think I'm okay with it because I. It makes me better, I think, yeah. right? I think you got to have a little fear, right? It makes yeah. you prepare, right? Maybe if I didn't have the fear, I wouldn't prepare and I wouldn't be as good, right? Uh, good but point. here's the other thing, here's another thing. I mean, going, and I got this from Ed because I learned on, on one of his presentations, the, the last one that he did, he talked about the biggest gift that came out of, of seeing his dad being an alcoholic, right?
1: Mm.
0: I started to think, what is one of my biggest gifts? And one of my biggest gifts is I'm really good under pressure. Mm. When pressure comes, like the way it came in 2020, things just slow down for me. And I just, my, the best version of myself comes out, right? And I just get it done. And I remember thinking to myself, why do I have this gift? And it made me go back to my childhood because I, li- I don't really like to go too much to my childhood. And I remember why. Why is that? When the cops would come in, kicked the door down, guns drawn, put everybody on the floor. My mom would always scream for me, Edwin, are you okay? Edwin, are you okay? And I was calm. I wasn't crying because I wanted her to feel comfortable. Mm. I didn't want her to feel fearful. And I remember saying, to said, mom, I'm okay. I'm okay. And I think I know. You know that's why when pressure comes, I'm that calm. So I also got a good goodness out of it as well as I was a kid, you know, and, uh, you know, that's, that's, um, I think it's one of the best gifts I have is, is Uh, I'm really good under pressure, but it's because I've been under pressure so many times. Again, like, like we said earlier, only difference between average and elite is elite can take more pressure, you know, elite can take more pain. It's the only difference when pain comes, most people run away instead of standing in it and courage in
2: adversity. Fortitude. What would you provide for a tactical strategic way for someone that doesn't have, to, and I'm sure they could find a, a story in their life where they've found how to handle pressure, as we all have to do some searching on that. But right now, someone that's like, well, Edwin, freaking amazing. I don't know if I can handle pressure like you, but I want to. Yeah. What would be some ways that you could strategically? Teach amazing
0: question. You're a great interviewer, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, that's a really I good question. That. So, great, great question. You start, you get wins under your belt. You start, if you've never kept the promises you made to yourself, you probably can't handle pressure. Mm, mm. Confidence comes from keeping the promises you make to yourself. So what happens is get some small wins. Now, going forward, always keep the promises you make to yourself. Because what a lot of times, that's integrity, right? And people always, yeah, they keep the promises they make to other people, but they don't keep the promises they make to, to themselves. is that crazy? So what happens is you think no one's watching, but your subconscious uh. mind is just taking taking little checks. Oh, did it again? Didn't come through on his word. Oh, once again he says he's going to be the top sales guy in the world, but he just quit. Said he did, did this right, so it doesn't believe you. But what happens is when you start getting win after win after win, just keeping your promises, your subconscious mind starts to rise up, and then when it aligns with what you're saying then you're comp- you know then things start happening for you, right? So mm. once you get to that point and you get some wins under your belt and you have confidence, then for me, again, I don't like to give advice, I give my experience. Yeah. Then you figure out a way to leverage the most amount of pressure on you so that you can perform at your highest level. See, low stress gives you low performance. Mm. But if you leverage a certain amount of pressure on you, it'll increase your urgency level. It'll increase your necessity level. And that urgency is what makes you make it happen because it untaps a part of your mind, a part of your body that you normally don't have access to. Mm. So that's the beauty about leveraging the most pressure on you so that you can perform at the highest level. But prior to that, you got to keep the promises you make to yourself. you try to go straight to that, you can get freaking...
2: Yeah. So small, wins. What, small like, wins. what could that be for someone that's a solopreneur
1: It could be
0: as easy as telling your friend you're going to go out with them to lunch. And even though you don't feel like it that day, you don't make up an excuse. You don't lie. Mm. Because just that little lie, oh, you know what? I feel sick. No, you don't feel sick. You just don't feel great because, you know, you woke up not feeling your best. You're, you're now you're not coming through on your promise, right? So no matter how big, no matter how small, you keep the promise no matter what. And wh- sometimes you're going to make promises that you can hit, but you quit too early.
1: Mm-hmm. Like
0: I remember just being a, when I first started the company, I would give myself a goal of eight to 10 a week. And if I didn't get 10, I didn't care if I had to work on Sunday, I would get 10. Minimum eight, This is actually eight, but no way in hell was I not going to get eight sales in a week. Like if I had to work more hours, I would, but I was going to, I was going to make it happen. And what ended up happening is, every time I did it, my belief level started to you know, go. Mm-hmm. But eventually what'll happen is you'll surpass what you think you're worth, like happened to me in 2016, and then you just gotta attack that worry. We all know what the worry is. Yeah. We all know what the self-limiting belief is, but we run away from it versus attacking it. See, you eliminate worry by taking action towards it. But most people procrastinate,
1: because mm. they
0: don't wanna go through the pain.
2: Now, you full are, circle,
0: life and pain are you're, inseparable. You're
2: like your own walking, thinking, grow rich book, and <laughs> multiple other books on between. Holy crap! Yeah. So, so bringing it back to 2016, that just to kind of wrap it up on um, that that story arc is so that was your first punch in the face. That's when you started to self sabotage. You realized that you know finance, faith, your family, everything was you're going under because you over you over over, you surpassed the amount of money you thought you were worth. Mm-hmm. Like business was going great. Business
0: was going great. I was, I,
2: outside people are looking at you like this guy's living an amazing yep. life.
0: I was hiring smarter people than I, than I was. And I kept thinking to myself, man, they're going to find out I'm really not that smart, man. They're going to find out I just got lucky this entire mm-hmm. time. These self-limiting BS things that, that your mind sometimes tries no. to mess with you with. And I had to, again, fight the resistance and take action towards it.
2: So the, so the pivot in that, because I know shortly after um, Was the Housewives? That's when it mm-hmm. started. That open up the gates. Yeah, um, and then that's when he got into Grant Cardone. Then shortly after, Ed Milet saw that. Were you friends with Ed before, or w- no? You came best friends. I, I became
0: w- really good friends. One of my best friends, like I said, because I came on the show and then we just hit it off. And then from there, Teddy and his wife hit it off. And, okay. And then we just been keeping a close eye on each other, and you know, yeah. we'll, we'll go to trips together and we have a good time.
2: Amazing. Yeah. So. Twenty seventeen came where So here
0: here's a here's yeah. something important for people to yeah. learn too. You know, when I hang out with Ed, like I don't really ask him for advice because like people like him, they have to they're working all the time, right? We want to have fun. Yeah. If I want an answer, I just gotta study the guy. Yeah. He's got endless content. So when I need when I need advice from Ed, I go on his content. You know, I I Sign up, you know, I'm part of his his master class, So that when we get to hang, we get to hang.
2: We're as not friends. as friends. Which, not, which people like him and you too yeah. need just a general friend that they're not gonna have a mentor client relationship.
0: Yeah. So, but at the same time, it's that's why when I say personal development allows you to associate with yeah. people, like you don't have to like some of you might be saying, Well, I can't get close to it. Well, yeah, you can. Study all his stuff. And you know
2: how to, you got to find a way to give value.
0: And then if you study all the stuff, he's, he's answered every question, just the way that I hope I've answered, you know, most of your questions
2: today. So many of them. Yeah. Quick story to to add into that. I resonate so much. And I love how, even with the Kobe thing, you said, I'd rather be a friend than a fam. Yeah. I've lived my life uh, ever since I went to my first Tony Robbins event that's what changed my life, both uh, mentally, but also uh, business-wise. I was sitting in the, the general admission way at the top. And by the grace of God, I, um, you know, my business partner got a, a front row ticket when she was there because she asked the right question. How do I get down there? Mm-hmm. She got me one. Completely changed my life. And I remember being in the front rows all around these people and Tony, then I was just like blown away. I didn't know really who the guy was before the event. And I was like, this is everything that I want to do and more in my own unique way. Mm -hmm. But I remember every time I see these people flooding up, you know, coming from the back, people in the front, trying to take photos. And my mindset, I'm so grateful it was at the time is, I don't want to be looked at as a fan because learning the nervous system and everything from Tony, I was like, the moment I go up and want to take a photo in his nervous system, it's going to set off like, here's another fan. So he's going to connect that with my face. I was like, I'm not going to ever take a photo with him. Until I'm a business partner with him, I'm mm-hmm. speaking on a stage, or for some God-given reason, I'm going to earn it. And so I've been to multiple events, and I, you know, I I would make the eye contact and make my presence. And there was a yeah. lot of beautiful ways, you know, but I would never go up there. And then one day it was 2020. I it was uh, literally it was after his birthday, which was uh, the leap year, February 29th, 60th yeah. birthday. Um, that was the big event. That was anyone was invited to that. I was like cool, like you know, there was no connection there but i was invited to a private gala that was the day after in malibu only like around 100 people was for a charity mm. uh siri and becca linley um amazing amazing people for uh ending horse slaughtering mm. and all these just atrocious things i was invited to this private gala and tony was there and he was you know one of the people that was going to be there and even in that moment and i share this because i resonate so much with your story even in that moment, I was like, is this, is this it? Like, do I, did I earn the right here? And I just looked around at the quality of the people and it was so exclusive and no one could just get into this. I was like, this was my moment. I earned it. So I mm-hmm. went up to him and I put this video on my, my social media, uh, but this was a couple months after I stood up in front of 15,000 people. I was gonna say, I was gonna speak on the stages yeah. and I had no clue I was gonna do that. I went up and talked to him, gave him love. And I said, Hey, uh, I was the guy a couple months ago here. And he, oh, and he like pointed, he's like, "Yeah, hey, I remember you. Yeah. And But that was, that was the beautiful moment where I realized that, you know, what the delayed gratification of people wanting to go get a photo, be a fan, you know, you, you're hanging out with Ed and obviously you guys are best friends now, but you could have maybe, you know, um, you know, that, that relationship couldn't have been as deep if you were trying to like get mentorship from him or asking all these questions. And now you kind of set that different energy. I just really acknowledge that because there's so many people that need to hear that, that the emotional intelligence, if you want to rise up quick whether you're in your twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, it doesn't matter. It's having an emotional intelligence, how you did, mm-hmm. where you just learn about yourself, you learn about that person and you understand what they really want. And Ed didn't want a guy to be around him. That was cool. But all he was getting pestered by is more questions that now makes him feel like he can never take time off. Right. Exactly. And you, and you, you had that higher level thinking and and now here you guys are today, just doing incredible things and talking business in between, but that wasn't the main thing. why Yeah. I mean, you know, especially now with social
0: media, you can, I get it 20 years ago, people don't have access to it. But now people have access all the time. And what I could tell you about, you know, people that have done very well for themselves, though, you'll get the respect if you know their story. Yeah. You know, but like, if you don't take the time to really study them, like, they're going to be like, you know how many times I get hit up on social media of like, hey, I can can build you up by 100,000 more followers, blah, blah, blah. First thing I check up, they don't follow me second thing i checked they don't even know my story yeah right so if they don't know your if they don't take the time to go through your story what, what, they don't care yeah. you're just another number that they're trying to set off and you know you don't you, people want to feel exclusive right yes. people want to feel like hey i took the time to study this person and then you you, you could say to them hey when you said this they, this really meant the world to me right yes. uh, or whatever but now they're going to know like wait a minute this guy actually took the time to learn my story, I'm going to answer this question. And that's
2: a pro tip in sales for people doing sales through mm-hmm. or connection to Instagram is if you're going to go promote a product or anything or build a connection, go follow them. It doesn't mean you have to follow them for weeks. Go follow them. Like a couple photos. I say like mm-hmm. at least three, three photos. Leave genuine comments. I mean, not like three photos. Like three photos and leave three genuine comments. Genuine. Not like, oh, this is cool. got
0: to be something that they know that is real about them. It is real. Right? That's something that, that they believe. Right? And
2: I scroll down a couple. And I see something that's like, oh, that's actually really cool. This guy met Tony Robbins or this guy was speaking on this event or whoever it is. And then when I come or when I finally message them, mm-hmm. it's all those things that you've noticed. They're following me. They actually genuine comment. They actually see something that's not just on my bio. Mm-hmm. Just a little sales tip that I know a lot of people listening are doing this on Instagram. And and that's the last thing you would not want to do if if you're reaching out to someone yeah. like Edwin. At the
0: you end know? of the day, just people want to be seen. Yeah. Right. They they want to know that that you care right yeah and i think if you could show people that you you see them they'll automatically grow an affinity towards you right yes you know so i think one of the most things that the most important things you could give people is your presence and your time because yeah. most people are going through pain remember mm. life and pain are inseparable mm. and when you're going through pain is when you feel like you're alone And like, you don't matter. So if someone can pay attention to you, it'll mean the world to them. I remember when I was at this call center, I wanted the vice president, not the vice president, the president to know my name so bad. And I wanted the CEO to know my name. I was breaking every record in the company. Mm -hmm. They never knew my name. It passed me by. They would never even acknowledge me. So If I ever ever build a company, I'm going to make sure I acknowledge everyone. Mm. I'm going to see them. I know what it feels like not to be seen.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. That's
0: why it's so important for me to people to treat people the way I want to be treated.
1: Beautiful. Yeah. Let's talk about your faith. Yeah.
2: I don't even have to ask the question of how important it is. I already know it's a game changer. The question I want to ask is what moment comes to mind when your faith has been most tested? And just elaborate and share what, what, what happened in that and what you had to do. When it was most tested.
0: Well, I think definitely when my when my daughter was born, because I knew that I had to change my lifestyle, and you know, my daughter was born, Isabella. i had just broken up with her mom, and a month after I found out that she was pregnant, and there's really no way we were going to go back, and I knew that I just I had to stop this trend of women and different women because mm. I knew that I couldn't, my daughter couldn't just meet random women all the time because so I didn't want my daughter to eventually end up with somebody like me at the time. See, so with me, I got my self-worth from women because at a at 16, 17, I started noticing that when women were around me, more people wanted to be around mm. me. And I wanted to be seen, right? And then wow. so I got a lot of my self-worth came from women. Right. Managers started to know my name. People I looked up to started to know my name just because of the women I was hanging out with. So then I became I told that lie to myself that I needed women. So when my daughter was born, I knew that I that I needed a change. And I was addicted to that feeling of women, right? Of of and not to the sexual part of it but just having different women almost like conquest right um and i knew that i couldn't beat it by myself i knew that i need a god in my in my in my mind and i didn't want to end up you know i wanted to finally break that stronghold that my family had you know, my dad wasn't really around, obviously he went he went to um to jail, but he was also a womanizer, yeah, you know and and he's good with me talking about this stuff because I've already talked to him that I said, you know, one day we might have to talk about it, because um, it's how we change people's lives, right? And um
1: I knew that you know, chum. I missed him, and I didn't want my kids have to go through that. And yeah, my
0: faith is what there's no way I would have been able to do that by myself. Yeah. And by the way, <laughs> it wasn't overnight. Yeah. It took a while.
2: How would you describe your faith before that moment when your daughter was born? Were you like and you were going through with, you know, the the like you've mentioned with you had a polling for women and such, did you still see yourself connected to God? Did you know that you were a quote unquote did you think? I was you were getting like a closer, sinner?
0: so I knew so I was getting closer to my faith, you know. Yeah. I knew from a very young age that God was the way, and finally, ultimately, you just you have so much like I started having success not just in my business but in my personal life, like I was hanging out in all the cool spots, I was hanging out with all the people that most people would think were cool, like damn, you're hanging out with those people, yeah, like you're hanging out in those circles, and you know, especially in Hollywood hills in Hollywood, like I started hanging out in those circles where The most beautiful women you could you could ever think of and and just some beautiful home just what you think you want and the higher and higher i got up there the the more emptier and emptier i felt and i'm like i remember finally hitting that moment where i'm like oh i made it man this i'm like hanging out with all the people i always wanted to hang out with there's women here left and right like it's on because once you're in that click then all the women like you because if you're part of that clique, yeah. you must be someone, right? And I just remember saying to myself, "Is this it? Like, this is it? I've never felt lonelier. Yeah. I've never felt more empty. And that's when I knew, you know, that I'm missing God. That thing that I keep looking for, thing that I keep looking for, that's gonna give me, that's gonna fulfill that emptiness. I mean, I already had it. had the money i had again the the everything i thought i always wanted i had i felt empty
2: yeah
0: and i was like the only thing i i haven't really given a shot is faith.
2: what did you do to get back on track i started going to church
0: yeah you know and and again it was um it was a process like it doesn't happen overnight like i
2: fell did it again did you feel shame right away like when you went back to church and thinking you're a fraud or people are going to judge you or
0: i did and um you know, it's, it's funny because the when you fall, the the adversary tries to tell you to run away. Yes. Like, oh, don't go to church, right? But that's when you need to go to church the most. But the adversary is like, ah, oh, don't go. And you know, that- you're a hypocrite. Blah 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 blah. And um, I just knew. In fact, when I when I first married Teddy, I I told her straight out. I said, hey, if you want this to work, you got to make sure I go to work. I go to I go to church every Sunday.
1: Yeah.
0: Otherwise, it's not going to work out. I literally told her that.
2: That's beautiful, man. Yeah, you, you hit a you hit an emotional string on me. It just that that line when you said when you fall, the adversary wants you to run away instead of to go and push through or get back up. And yeah, I just I really felt for me personally, I felt that. But I really felt when you said that, i know that that hit a lot of heartstrings for people listening. That's why I think why it really hit me because that was out of all this, that that really I think was probably the deepest thing you've said. Yeah. There's a lot of things. You've been married for Teddy with with Teddy for since two thousand nine, two thousand nine, yeah, two thousand nine, incredible. Well, no, actually
0: two thousand. I we started dating in two thousand nine. We got married July fourth of two thousand eleven. So,
2: if you if you could, um, I mean, your story—the way you guys met—obviously not the ideal or typical of what people would think uh, for both uh, two you know amazing humans. I'd love for you to share that. But I'll also after, actually, I'll save the question for after. Share that story. I think that's just. For someone to understand <laughs> that it's not always perfect sunshine and rainbows finding
0: oh right i mean i that's the last person i when i met teddy I, it was the last person i thought i was going to meet that i was going to end up marrying that day because three weeks prior my daughter was born so the last thing i was looking for was like to to get hooked up right away with somebody my buddy's from vegas he calls me like hey let's go out december 26th i still remember the date because it was the day after christmas i remember telling him who goes out the day who goes out the day after christmas dude come on let's go out i'm here in la so we go to this club coco de and as you can imagine it was a slow night just 12 o'clock and i'm like all right let's just let's go home there, there's nothing here let's go home and then i i'll see Seth, teddy coming in and uh she doesn't pay attention to me because she's kind of you know
2: she with a group of girls. she came group with the
0: girls, yeah. yeah. And I just literally went back, passed me up, went back. I searched her out. I found her, and then her friends wouldn't leave her alone. Like she was always with her friends, and then her friends left her for maybe a minute, and I just kind of went up. You're a hot and just I, a Hawkeye. I went up to her and I said, "Hey, you know, blah blah blah." I forgot what I told her, but I just remember saying, "You want a drink?" She said, "Sure." And then I took her to the bar, away from her friends, and then you know, next thing you know, club's ending. I'm putting her in you know away and then she just pulls me in and next thing we know we wake up the next morning she doesn't remember my name she calls me edward i think and i don't really i, I call her terry <laughs> you know to, to this day we call ourselves sometimes terry and ed yeah. and eddie or whatever edward i should say and um and yeah we it, it was uh what was supposed to be you know a, a when did night.
2: it uh because there was a little bit of turbulence after that but like yeah when did it uh when did you know that holy crap this is serious or i want to marry this woman
1: mm,
0: I, I mean i knew that she was the one yeah i knew that she was the one from the minute i saw the way she held isabella and the way she cared for isabella like, when did
2: she when when did she see isabella that night she no
0: she met isabella basically like i don't know three, it's a funny story she met her three weeks after i believe and i remember that you know, when she first came back to my house that same day, because she gave me a ride home, I didn't tell her I had a daughter because I didn't want to tell her, you know, yeah. I had a daughter that's three weeks old. She was like, yeah, Creep. Really what? Yeah. So she comes to my house and she's in my house and she goes, Is that a ultrasound picture? Do you have a kid? And I was like, Yeah. And she's like, Well, how old's your kid? I'm like, I was so scared. I'm like, Six months. First thing that came out of my mind, <laughs> six months, right? She was like, Oh well she meets her later, and she's like three weeks later, she's like, "Ah, oh, this does not look like a six-month-old kid."
2: <laughs> so yeah. About the way you saw her hold Isabella, and just saw that yeah, she was just and she
0: just cared for her so much, and
2: and uh, she just—I mean,
0: just a blessing.
2: Uh, what was different about her comparatively to any other woman, and I—I I think this is so important too, because there are men and vice versa, women with men and men with women, but like. There are men that are going to be transformed from this message, and to understand, yeah. maybe they're not as you know suave as you or attractive, but they we all have our same tendencies and wanting of to hunt and to yeah. win and achieve. And for you, I I believe you're you're driven by uncertainty. Your whole mm-hmm. life is uncertainty. You handle under what? pressure. So wow, you-, you freaking nailed that in the
0: head. See the ins- I I had to literally think about this, but. Yeah, part of it was the women because they gave him the self worth. But part of the problem is I love the uncertainty
2: of yeah. not knowing how the night was going to end. Which is also like variety. Yeah, so uncertain variety is the yeah. same human need. Tony Robbins.
0: I love the that uncertainty of like not knowing how the night was going to end and, and all that. So, a lot of that had to do with that. And but yeah, I, just how much she cared. The I'm I'm big on heart. Like yeah. yeah, she's beautiful from the outside. Like I get that, but there's a lot of beautiful women out there, yes. right? And there's always going to be a more attractive man. There's always going to be a more attractive Amen. woman. And at the end of the day, you realize that it what matters is the heart, the love. And um, I knew she'd be a perfect mom. I wanted a perfect mom. Nobody's perfect. Let me rephrase that. Yeah. I knew she'd be a great mom.
1: She's
2: perfect and, in your eyes. Yeah, in
0: my eyes, right? And and um, and I knew that I could get old with her. Yeah. Because eventually, again very attractive, but eventually we all get old. Yeah. So those looks go away. And if the person's heart's not there, and she just, you know, she was different. You know, I, I remember when I, so you just made me, you just reminded me of something. Obviously when she first held, uh, held Isabella, but when I was really, really knew she was the one was, I took her to the hood, to uh, where I grew up, and my friend of mine was having a party, and it was out in uh, Huntington Park. And you know, she's John Mellencamp's daughter, right? Yeah.
2: She's She's Jack and Diane.
0: Yeah, Jack and Diane. Yeah. She's used to living a certain type of lifestyle, and um, I remember taking her there. Never once complained. Had a great time. Mm. Treated. Everyone with so much respect, she could have easily thought she was better than them, that. and yeah. that's when I knew I'm like, wow, yeah, that's hard to find, wow. you know, someone that you know uh, has that much humility to to, to not because I've been around people that are very very successful and they think they're too good, yeah, you know, and they they don't treat people with respect, and we're all brothers and sisters. We gotta we got to, no matter what color, no matter what, where you grew up, you treat people the way you want to be treated. Yeah. Right. And, and you know, we, you, we have a gift to be able to speak life to people, especially the more successful you are. Yeah. And imagine if you're mean to someone that maybe isn't as successful as you are. Now that person thinks, I don't want to be yes. successful. Is that what success is?
2: You know, is I, that what
0: a follower of Christ is?
2: Yes. No. Right. And I was going to tie that back to, and I'm sure there's other people too in your life, but the person that changed your life that start, one of the biggest catalysts was the sales, the car sales guy. Mm-hmm. He was a person that you yeah. probably, I don't know if you connected with him or not much, but you saw him. He ended him. up being
0: my brother-in-law. So Brother to this Ma. day, you know, he's, he's, he's always had a, uh,
2: So imagine if he was a slimy, sleazy car salesman that you were like, I would not want to be like that. You could have been in an entire different trajectory because you didn't know probably anyone else at that time that was making that type of money.
0: Yeah. Well, when people like. And he would also, you know, help because we didn't have any food. He'd be like, hey, everyone, here's here's some 20 bucks. You saw that. I saw that. I saw how you could give back to people and, you know, little something here, little something there changes your your life, you know? And it did change your life. Yeah. I was able to buy some. I remember my sister Um, because, you know, she'd work, my older sister, she's like a mom to me, too. Yeah. Because at that point, she didn't live with us. She lived with him. And, you know, they they had their own thing going, so they couldn't take, you know, they they tried to help as much as possible. But I remember, man, kids would make fun of my shoes. I had Stadias, which were like wannabe Adidas and stuff, and Pro Wings. My mom would shop at Pro Wings all the time. And, man, I just wanted some Jordans. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, I remember that first Jordan shoe I got, I was like, and he gave it to me. Um, so, you know, he's, he was a big influence. My dad was a big influence. Yeah. Even though, you know, he did some things that he probably wasn't supposed to do. Man, he always cared about people. He always made sure that people felt at ease yeah. and always took care of everyone. Like, he took care of his friends. You know, he gave me the biggest lesson in life to this day. He's just, he said, no matter what, you always take care of your mom. Mm. You only have one mom. No matter what she does, no matter what, how mad you get at her. Always take care of your mom, and so if you see the way I am with mom on on social media, I visit her every Saturday. We have breakfast, big time for her. You know, I it's it's because of my dad. You had
2: one of the biggest moments with her recently in Cancun, didn't you?
0: Yeah, it was a cool. It's one of my greatest moments in my life because my story basically came full circle in regards to the promise I made to my dad. We took, you know. Prior to him going to jail, we took a family picture. And that family picture was the only picture we ever took, really as a family. And then my brother was born while he was in jail. So we never took another family picture again because we were never together again all at the same time. So three weeks ago, I took him to the Rosewood Mayakoba in an hour away from cancun Mm -hmm. so if you don't know what the rosewood is there's the ritz and then there's the rosewood is it really it's above
2: it's above the Ritz.
0: oh yeah oh yeah. yeah it's like michael jordan's hanging out there for a month right now it's it's just another level right and i took my niece all her kids i took my sister all her kids i took my brother all his kids i took us you know my immediate family now i took my mom i took my dad and it was all his lineage there And uh, I didn't realize it at the time, but we took this picture and it was the first time that we had ever in 45 years that we all took a picture together, the siblings, mom and dad. And then the other picture we took is obviously his lineage. And I just remember saying to him, dad, I hope I made you proud. And he just starts
3: bawling. I start bawling.
0: That's what it's about. That's why you want to embrace the pain.
1: It allows you to do stuff like that where you can make a major difference in people's life yeah yeah beautiful yeah isn't it isn't it wonderful
2: just when you see those the story arcs like that yeah come around yeah were you planning to have that photo or is when you saw the photo it it, it when i saw the photo
0: it connected i was like wait a minute we've never this is the first time in 45 years we're all there because either my older sister was missing my mom wasn't there my dad wasn't there but you know it was a special special moment you know i You know. Again, part of, part of my dream was when my dad got out of jail, he would never have to work a day in his life so that he wouldn't have to go back into the life that yeah. caused him to to be in jail for such a long time. So been taking care of him for, for a long time now. In fact, every World Cup, the reason that trip came out is we go to every World Cup. I take him because he's a big soccer fan. Part of that was because he was finally going to go to the World Cup for the first time. Since he was a kid, he wanted to go to the World
2: Cup. Uh, so he's going to go to the World
0: Cup in the United States in, two, in 1994. Gets pop. Doesn't get to go to the, the World oh, Cup. Oh, wow. So in 2014, I was like, Dad, your dream was always as a kid to go to the World Cup. I'm going to take you to Brazil. And then from Brazil, we went to Russia. We were supposed to go to Qatar. But then Colombia didn't make yeah. the, uh. the World Cup. So I said, Dad, no point of going. Colombia's not in the World Cup. I said, why don't we just take another trip? And this was his surprise
2: wow that 2014 world cup when it was the first time he's ever been yeah oh and Colombia did so well in that world cup him and i were just like, how wow. was that for him
0: amazing like, what did you
2: see that was different because that's obviously it was a childhood dream that oh, yeah. maybe he suppressed or
0: yeah yeah i mean i mean you i'll send you some pictures so you could show it. Yeah. It, it i mean just you see him glowing glowing getting interviewed you know all columbia out it was such a great moment man it's Again, it's if you live for yourself, you can settle for less. But if you live for others, it'll require all of who you are. I Got that from Irwin.
1: Mm, mm. Say
0: that one more time. If you live for yourself, you can settle for less. But if you live for others, it'll require all of who you are.
1: Mm.
2: I could, you know, I could see that it's one thing also too, and it matches that quote to accomplish your own childhood dreams. Yeah, but for our parents who. Let's be real, like most of our parents listening, my parents, there was no personal development. They had no clue what yeah. this stuff is. A lot of suppression in their dreams. 100%. For you to help your dad do that, all it makes me think of is like, you know, I want to do the same things with my dad. He's 37 plus years in Costco, he's uh, the top manager, but he's, I hate to say about it, but he's working until he's going to die because yeah. that's his entire identity. That's his thermostat. So, one of the things is I want to not only provide the financial freedom, so he doesn't have to even think about it. But that's not enough because I know that Denny's there. But one of his childhood dreams and his passions is artist artistry, and he. Wow. And I, ne- I haven't really thought of this until you just said this. Yeah, truthfully, and I would love to find a unique way where he could experience art and like he's never done before, just like how you got your yeah. dad the World Cup. Yeah, and it's I best, could only imagine the, the best, way he lights it's up. The
0: best feeling of the in the world for sure. Yeah, beautiful man.
2: That's so beautiful.
0: Yeah, so as you're going through the pain, you got to stop and remember the dream, right? Because what happens, is if you don't stop to remember the dream constantly, you won't want to go through that pain. Yeah. But that was my-
2: It's like the light at the end of the, the tunnel. Light it's at like the, end, the North like Star, story. you got to know where you're going. Now,
0: there's so many times I wanted to quit when I first started knocking doors. I mean, I became successful, not because I was a great salesperson. I just knocked on so many freaking doors. Yeah. I was not going to go home until I got a sale. I can't tell you how many deals I got at nine thirty, ten o'clock at night. And every time I did it, my confidence went up, yeah. right? And the reason I did it was because I promised my mom I was going to buy her her house. I said, "Mom, in ninety days, I'm going to buy you a house." And I knew the kind of money I needed to make. I needed to make twelve hundred bucks. I'm sorry, I needed to make three grand a week for twelve weeks. Mm-hmm. And if I did three grand a week for twelve weeks, I'd be able to buy her that house. So even though I wanted to quit, I remember every time I wanted to quit, I I would vision her coming home sweaty because she used to clean offices and that Nissan Central that I told you about had no air conditioning. So she'd be drenched in sweat herself walking. We lived in a second-story apartment, so she'd have to walk these buckets of just cleaning tools. And I remember running all the time to help her. Mm. I was like, man, I'm going to buy her a house. No way. She worked too damn hard. The other, the other memory I would get from her was uh her crying you know all the time after our home would get raided because the next day the house was a mess I mean everything's just turned upside down and just seeing the pain of like how are we gonna how do we what are we gonna do you know how how am I gonna get my family through especially when when my dad went to jail for a long time there was a lot of times I'd see her crying and and that pain that she went through I'm like now that's I'm gonna I'm gonna make it happen. But you gotta go back to your why. Yeah. It goes back to the people you love. People that overlook love that. will cast out
2: all fears. That's a Bible verse too. Yes, it is.
0: Yeah.
2: People overlook that, man. They yeah. think that the why is just some sort of woo woo facade, like just like, ah, eh, you know, it's emotional, it's not for me. It's like, no. Like you were you're a very strategic man. You're very calculated analytical. Like that was the thing that pulled you Mm -hmm. when you were doing maybe a thousand or so a week, and you're like, I need three thousand, not because of vanity reasons. Because my mom, I promised my mom was going to go to that house.
0: And then at the same time, when I did it, it just built this confidence in me. Like, oh, shoot, if I keep knocking, because the reason people won't buy from you is because you look desperate. Mm. You're like, oh man, but because you've done it over and over and over. Yeah. That's why, like, in my world, I'd rather get one sale at the end of the night after you've gotten your ass kicked all day than getting five sales in a day when, every, when everything went your way. Yes, Because wow. it's when everything doesn't go your way and you still have the grit, the fortitude, the resiliency to just get up one more time and get it done. Yeah, That's the confidence builder. So when it was 9.30, 10 o'clock at night, I didn't have, I didn't have a sale. You could not see this face desperate because I knew it was just a matter of time. Why? Because I'd done it over and over and over again. Back to only difference between average and elite. The elite can take more pressure. Mm. The elite can take more pain. Life and pain, inseparable.
2: If you're listening, you're not if you're, you, you are listening right now. The biggest thing that I hear from people is the tests and the struggles they're going through They don't realize how that stuff pays off in the long run. Mm -hmm. So if you're going through like a test, a struggle, like you're going through the pain, the the pressure, whatever it is, realize that this man is here today sharing this because your greatest test, if you decide and choose it to be, will be your greatest testimony. Amen And you're relating with these people. And too too many times people get so, you know, and it's, it's okay. That's how the brain works. But they get so in the moment. They only are in like, how do I get out of this situation, which is survival. But if you could just step out of that, you will still have the struggle, but realize, you know what? This, it's, it's always a reframe. It's like, you know what? This is the worst time of my life. I am going through a divorce. I am going through, my kids don't even want to talk to me, or whatever it is. And you could realize that, and be aware of it, don't push it away. And mm-hmm. be like, you know what? Who can I help with this when I get through this? What does this look like? I don't know what it's going to look like. Is it a podcast? Is it on stage? It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But realize that every test, your test, all these things, people are resonating so much because you went through those tests. Yep. And you saw the North Star that kept you forward. And maybe you weren't at that time consciously thinking that, uh, oh, I'm going to teach this one day because you didn't really realize that's 2017 Mm -hmm. or around that time. But like, if you can listen to this right now and start to have that mindset, you have a competitive edge. You have the strategic edge. 100%. Because you're going to be
0: able to teach that. I'm glad you brought that up because it's the one thing I forgot when I said, when you're building that skill set of grit, fortitude, and resiliency, the other thing that happens and why you want to cultivate, why you want to seek hard things and why you want to seek and embrace the pain, is because you're also building a story mm. that is going to inspire the masses. See, yeah. whatever pain you're going through, know that one day, when you conquer it, it's going to be the story that changes many, many lives. Do you think
2: we would talk about Jesus if he just, you know, died a peaceful death? Nope. Not as much as, as him much. being crucified in the most excruciating way that was in that in history. One hundred percent. He went through the ultimate pain, the ultimate sacrifice. That's exactly what you, that just that connected the dots too it's Ooh. like he proved that he could go through the worst deal with the worst experience the worst and for whatever you believe or whatnot but still has proven to raise back from the dead and to give hope but if it was just a peaceful death or he you know just like died in his sleep or whatnot like it wouldn't show us that well it could have been worse but it's the same thing for leaders if you were raised by a single mom you are 40 years old and you've you don't even know what you're doing yet. And I see that all the time. You're 40, 50 years old. And, and you, you're like, well, it's too late for me. I could say it's too early for me. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm too young. And one day overnight, you'll say I'm too old. Right. But if you're 50 years old and you want to get started, use that past 50 plus years as your story that, you know what, I'm here to prove that it doesn't matter if you just started, you know, with two years of experience, Mm -hmm. I could do it now because I have this wisdom. I've been in this corporate job. I've done these five different, you know, solopreneur jobs and all these things. And I'm here today to now teach you guys how to do this. That's the story. That's
0: the story. And to your point is if if you continue to improve in life, which is growth, which gives you the the fulfillment, then you stay young at heart. You start getting old at heart when you stop improving. But if you continue to improve, you're going to feel young at heart. Like... And and again, I just I seek hard things. Like now, I want to be like in my fitness. I want to be in the best shape of my life. I want to kick the twenty-one year old. If you haven't seen this
2: guy yet, I'll, he I'll, is definitely in shape. Like, but it's a it's a
0: choice. It's a choice, and you know, at twenties, there's more vanity reasons. Now it's before. Now it's because my body's a big part of my effectiveness. Right, yes. I'm a better person if I work out. It just so happens that obviously, when you work out, it shows it, but at first it was for vain reasons now it's more mm-hmm. for for the mindset right yeah. but i'm constantly trying to challenge myself like i want to get better i want to be better than when i was 21 i want to get better than when i was 30 i want to get better than when i was 45 it's always competing against yourself and when you compete competition if you embrace it is actually a good thing cuz yes. it gets you past your own capacity that's why when you understand what competition really means it makes you more it makes you better and it just makes the best version of yourself my best sales guys are the most competitive i'm you know even though i'm i'm kind of low-key i'm very competitive man i i want to win yeah you know the good thing about competition too is when you compete you get you to win you can't win in life if you don't compete well when you win it starts becoming a habit yeah and now you you just
2: get used to winning and when you lose you take that don't think you're a failure Mm -hmm. learn from it because even the most successful people, like you're in the Hall of Fame for baseball if you strike out seven out of 10 times.
0: 100%, yeah.
2: Like you are still getting in the Hall of Fame if you're hitting around a 0.3 something, like maybe a 0.4. But you're striking out still six times. Shooting, you're, basketball, you miss mm-hmm. six of your 10 shots, you're still a great shooter, especially from the three-point range. Like losing is also part of it.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm here not because I haven't fallen, not because I haven't failed, not because I haven't lost. I'm here because I just got up one more time than I fell. I love it. That's so but good, the righteous will
2: fall seven times, I feel like but they will friend, rise again. Ed or someone, you know, maybe might be talking about this thing called One More, Power of One More. Power of One More, yeah, get up one more time. It might just be a worldwide, you know, number one book. It's why I love his stuff so much because
0: out of the nothing, you create everything. It was the one more knock. I could have sat on the curve. Uh, I was like, I'm going to get my mom's house. One more door. Bam. Mm. That's where everything was created. That's where the confidence was created.
2: Isn't that re- tie into your, your Lamborghini story? with uh, where you? Yeah, the Lamborghini story, that?
0: same thing. Yeah, I, I'd love to share it. So this is back, my first Lamborghini that I got was back in 2008. The reason this is a special story for me is because it's the first time that I'd ever told myself that isn't for you. The mm-hmm. only time I've ever given up on a dream, and in 2004 I gave up on that dream. I was doing pretty well for myself. I had a Porsche twin turbo, I had a Range Rover. It was pretty nice. And I told myself, "Ah, eh, you don't need a Lambo. That's for people that are doing way better than you are." Mm-hmm. And so I, I went away from it. Finally, in 2006, you know, real estate was booming, and all these young kids were driving Lamborghinis. And again, I'm very competitive. <laughs> and I think at the time I must have been what 27, 28. Now I was 30. And I see all these kids that are like 23, 22 driving Lambos. I'm like, wait a minute, did I just get passed up? And I thought to myself, wait a minute, that Lambo is what I've always wanted. Why did I say I couldn't get it? So I went to the dealership. I took action before I had what I needed. I go to the Lambo dealership and I realized the car is worth 300 grand. So then I ask questions about how to finance it. They're like, oh, we have a 12-year plan a five-year plan and what i realized after if i would have financed it that car would have cost me five hundred fifty thousand because it was like a seven percent interest rate
2: oh my god
0: and i said to myself there's no way i'm gonna pay that much money that's like a house so if i buy this house i'm gonna buy it cash and then to make me feel better about myself i said okay if i'm gonna buy it i'm gonna buy it using a different sort of income than the one i have today Mm -hmm. so that's how at this point i had stopped knocking on doors because i already had teams and they were knocking and i was more in the office doing the training. Mm-hmm. So I decided to work from 6 to 10. So I'd work from 8 a.m. to 5.30. 5.30, I, our office is in Downey, so we, I'd drive to, at 6 o'clock, Watts, Compton, all those areas where there's a lot of crime. And i knocked for four hours. And I gave myself a two-year goal, to buy this car cash in two years by my 32nd birthday. And, of course, a year and 10 months passed. And I only have $155,000 saved. And I remember thinking to myself, I know it seems impossible, but you know what? I'm going to keep knocking until my birthday. And we're going to figure this out, but I'm going to get this car. And I just kept, fo- again, what can you focus on? I could continue knocking until the end. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, two weeks later, I get a call from my broker at the time. It says, hey, I found your Lambo. It's the color you want. It's the black shaded window, uh, the, the lights in the back, that black,
1: mm-hmm.
0: what's it called? Smoke look. Okay. With the wheels, just the way you want them. And he says, I found your car. And I said, yeah, I don't have money yet. I only have 165000 now. And he says, no, no, no. You don't understand. This guy has six Lamborghinis. He just bought one for his wife. The wife doesn't want to drive it. So he's willing to sell it, and he's willing to sell it to you for one fifty. And I said to myself, is it stolen? I said, the only reason I'm going to give this guy 150 grand is if he gives me the pink slip. Yeah. So he says, well, he doesn't have the pink slip, but he'll go to the bank with you. You pay the 150, he'll pay the 110 to get rid of it, and the car is yours. Wow. So I went to the bank the next day, paid 150 for a brand new 2008 Lamborghini. Which was
2: like 300K around 300K, that 300K, yeah.
0: yeah. He owed 260 because he had already given a big down. Yeah. And, you know, the moral of that story is that. God will start putting the right people in front of you. You just focus on what you can focus on, right? But what happens is people start focusing on the impossible. I believe one of my favorite proverbs, again, is um, faith in, um, what is it? Um, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Yeah. I believe when you declare something, it happens. And I believe that if I would have said, there's no way I'm going to get this car, it would have never happened. But because I said, I know it seems impossible, but we're going to figure it out. I'm going to keep focusing when I can control. It's the story of my life. God has always put the right people in front
2: of me to make the impossible possible. That is the death in life is at the power of the tongue. Mm-hmm. What you say is what you speak out in existence. But even before what you say, it's what you, your thoughts, your emotions, your beliefs are what determine what you say so you definitely had some sort of work where you believe that things are possible you had a belief in yourself you felt the resistance and test of like i almost quit on this this dream oh, yeah. because your beliefs which was probably through some just the hard work the the confidence you built the wins that allowed you to speak out that thing of like i'm just going to see what it is and yeah. and,
3: and you would have never could
2: have you could have never guessed that this guy would have a lambo brand new of your style out there for your broker to find at half the price six
0: right I mean to him 110 was probably 10 bucks and um but my mom taught me that she said be careful with what you speak Mm. and that's why with my kids I'm very careful with what I Mm. say to them very very careful and I'm always trying to speak life into them even if I get upset I'm very careful with the words
2: because they're subconscious give us an example like uh you know there's gonna be a lot of parents for sure and I wanna to hear too because one day I'm sure I'll be a parent. Like when your kid messes up or did something maybe like really, really that pissed you off. How did how did you handle that or what's the, the shift for you?
0: Well words again, death are in the power of the tongue, right? So, you know, you never want to call your kid stupid. Mm. You never want to call him a dumbass. Like I've seen other parents do that. Yeah, by the way. It's actually very common. I've seen it. I'm like, yeah. what the hell are you doing? Right? So you don't, I mean, there's a, there's a way to, um, which Teddy's the best at it. There's a way to talk to them about it without using words that are going to bring them down.
1: Mm.
0: Right. But I, I've, I've always been, or, you know, there's, if you put enough deposits into people, you'll be able to take a a withdrawal for them. So I think with, with the kids, with my kids, I'm able to, the, I, the reason I think they listen to me is because they know I love them. Yeah. But if all you do is you're showing them hate or anger, then they're not gonna take too well with So you were depositing with love and depositing love and then and then the you could withdraw that again. You can withdraw that, right? I don't think
2: many people think about so, that for kids. They think yeah. about it for business. Yeah. Relationships, but not kids.
0: Yeah, you know, I think of it with kids all the time. And I just say, Cruz, that's you're not supposed to do that. Like you can't be just letting fear sometimes i will just start crying and it doesn't stop crying, right? And yeah. sometimes I get like, oh you yeah. know, So I let them calm down, and then we have we have a conversation about it. Wow. Yeah, but you know, again, it becomes awareness, right? You you once you're aware of it, I know people out there that they don't even know they're doing it.
1: Yes, that's why they're
0: doing it. They they have no awareness that called
2: subconscious incompetence. They don't know what they don't know.
0: Yep. But once you know about it, you're 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 very. um, And again, I. Man, my mom just was always
2: so positive with me. That's like, what's so beautiful about that man. Yeah. And I know that, and I'm, I don't know what her story was or background, but to hear that in the darkest of times and the most struggle and letdown that that woman probably faced, she did not let the external circumstances affect how she wants to treat her child. Yeah and she spoke life into you bro. Mm-hmm. Like that mm. is uh, beautiful. she gave her she gave her mm. life
0: to Christ, and that was the life changer. Mm. yeah.
2: That was the light. Da- that was the light in all the darkness that she yep. experienced, mm-hmm. and, it and then she was able her. to share that. Yeah, shine through her. She still does it. I mean, it's uh, again, I just blessed to have her in my life. It's such a powerful testament of yeah. just speak life in your kids. Yeah, find ways. And I know it's probably there's a lot of tests and challenges. I don't know. I'm not a parent yet. And I know there's gonna be parts where you want to like just, you know, mm-hmm. just rip out. And it might not even be two of them. It might have stress from work or stress from other relationships. And then you just you know diffuse it at them, and that's the worst thing you could do. But for you sharing that and talking about yeah. that, I know it's going to really change the family dynamics. For sure. I had one question earlier, and I know we're, we went all over the place. We're going so long. I honestly yeah. feel like we could talk for hours. Oh, for sure. You are a book of wisdom, book of knowledge. And not just wisdom, because wisdom is, it's easy to have wisdom, but then you don't articulate. You know how to communicate the wisdom. And I'm, dude, I am I'm completely honored on this, this episode, you. truly yeah. am. There was one question that really resonated Earlier, when you're talking about your relationship and and your faith and all these things, and for a man listening right now, this would be in women. Like, if you have a man, let him hear this part. Or if even if you're a woman, like you know, still there will be a lot of messages to this. But for specifically you being a man, and there's a man listening right now, you're in this beautiful marriage. You've had your trials and tribulations in the past, and we know that you're better. But it's not going to be perfect. What would you tell to a man that, and maybe you can use your own personal story, that maybe it isn't a, a, a committed relationship, and, but they're still struggling with lust and mm-hmm. temptation and thinking that there could be someone better or there is a hotter woman they see or someone that they're meeting at business and now they're connecting with. Like, What could be just your words of hope and wisdom to let them know that, you know what, that they can get through it or that they need to stay strong with that woman they're with?
1: it's a pattern,
2: you know, I think for me, what, when I finally became aware, I was
0: just like, you know, even though it seems like
1: you, you're
0: you having such a great time with this person, right? It's, it's because you haven't spent enough time with them to go through the tough times, right? Eventually, you're gonna go through tough times. Eventually, things are, you know, they're not going to be up here. You know, when you first meet somebody, it's like, oh, it's great. Everybody's great, you know, but you know, you're seeing somebody once a week, twice a
2: week, maybe. You're only going to see the good side.
0: You're only going to see the good side. You don't see the bad side. And, and eventually you see the pattern of like, wait a minute. As much as you think this is the one, like, no, it's just it's a pattern. Eventually you're going to do it again. And then you're going to do it again. And then you're going to do it again. And it just... um Especially if you have a family, like the ones that are going to suffer your kids and all that. And, you know, at some point, your dream's got to be bigger than, than um, all the excuses. And for me, that's why faith is so important to me. You know, I'm not, I tell my wife this all the time, I, I still, I, I, I have a thing where I say, permission to look. Mm. That's where I ask her if I could look at a girl, right? but um you know I, I don't know if that ever goes away yeah. but i do know that when you're wise that big you, you like i don't want to let god down i don't want to let my family down yeah. and that's that's what'll get you past that and faith in particular i think is very important because it's about being able to do it when no one's looking mm. and if you truly believe you know someone is looking yeah. Right. And 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 that helps you not do it, right? Because you know, before I I can get away with it, I would do it, right? And eventually, it started tugging at my heart. Like, was, if, I didn't have rem, I didn't have remorse at first for a very long time because yeah. it was a habit. Yeah. Story of my life. I, since I was 16 years old, I mean, it was just women all the time, different women all the time. I mean, and you know, you you become it's like a drug yeah. right? you become hooked on it and then um and then finally you you realize i can i can't do this by myself by that dream my dream was to always be a family man and i needed god to draw me closer to him i needed that dream and that dream drew cl- um god closer to me because i knew i couldn't do it on my own mm. right because i did it on my own i would probably i'd fall
1: yeah
0: you know and that's why i think you're always going to have some sort of reliance on God. Yes. That's why no one is perfect. You're always struggling with something, right? Eventually you'll beat that, and then maybe something else will be a struggle, yeah. right? So, you know, you just got to, it's, it's knowing that God is there, giving yourself grace, right? Because I think if you beat
2: yourself up. How would you, for the man that resonates with everything you just said and feels it deeply, how would you describe giving yourself grace like what this maybe they're not as they're somewhat personally developed but not in this area of relationship what does it mean to give grace in this context
0: so knowing that it's a journey it's not it's not going to happen overnight you know that's what you've done all your life like if if all of a sudden you that's all you've done all your life you can't just go from yeah you you can't just go cold turkey i mean i guess you can but the likelihood is probably not i mean my thing was a journey it it didn't happen overnight and then eventually Again, you don't do something for a long time. You start to dislike it. That could be a good thing and a bad thing, mm. right? So in this case, for me, it was a good thing. I stopped doing it, and I realized, wait a minute, I don't need this. You know, boy, I couldn't go six months without it. And then all of a sudden, stopped doing it a year, then two years, and then, wait a minute, I actually don't like that stuff. Mm. And, then it, and then you realize, like, why? It's time to break that stronghold so that it stops here. Yeah, you're the one that changes it. That could be finance. That could be with family. Your faith. Wow, the one like Ed says, the one that changes that family tree
2: forever. Yeah, it breaks the generational curse. Yep. changes forever. One more layer deeper on this. Strategically, this this man understands to have more grace, to know it's it, to have the mindset, and that's so important. The mindset's always eighty percent of it. To to. To know that you're not going to change overnight you could, could but don't beat yourself up if you're still looking at women the next day but make a maybe a small win or a small, small uh, promise to yourself of like i'm not going to talk to them or i'm if they message me i'm going to be platonic or things yeah, like that the
0: excuse is going to be you know your your mind's going to come up with all kinds of excuses yeah. on reasonings reasonings. you know like one excuse could be like see you're never going to stop you might as well just do it because it's just never mm-hmm. going to stop or the stupidest one for me was, that's what success is. You're successful. Success comes uh, with a lot of choices. I see. This is why you worked as hard as
2: you have. I see. Because wow. you're the
0: breadwinner. You're taking care of everyone. So why not? That, and, and just, again, all lies that the adversary puts in
2: your yeah. mind and make you justify why you do it. So what would be the strategic thing outside the grace? They've been struggling, <laughs> but maybe they're kind of still in the loops and one of their reasonings yeah. are you know this uh, yeah, a lot of it nowadays especially and i've i felt this in my relationship as well on both sides is when you're doing business and you're successful and you're working with both men and women mm-hmm. and you're attractive and, and there's just, you also have a good energy to you like there it's going to be inevitable in the sense of uh, people will come into your life of like well that woman's attractive or that man's attractive and mm-hmm. you guys are doing business but maybe that could be a reason so if that's happening for someone what would be the the thing that can help them Start to break this pattern you talk about. What's the strategic thing they could start doing? Great question. So structure. When you have structure,
0: when discipline fails you, because it will, yeah, the structure will help you. Yeah, yeah. So we talked about the first before we we started this. Remember I told you about that first house in two thousand four, in Woodland Hills. Yeah, I could have bought it in Hollywood Hills. But I put a structure, I bought the one in Woodland Hills because I knew it was far enough from the clubs where I wouldn't wanna party Mm. all the time because I knew that my discipline would fail me if I lived in Hollywood Hills. Because in Hollywood Hills, everybody wants to pre-party at your house. They wanna have an after party at your house. All the girls always wanna come to the guy that's got the house overlooking the whole city, right? And I knew my discipline would fail me and I would probably lose my business. I'd probably end up dead. So the structure was getting the house Mm far enough that i wouldn't think about it doing it every day right so the structure of hey if you know you have a problem with that your boys call you to have a boy's trip don't go to that thing man you already know it's gonna happen right so the structure is you don't put yourself in those type of situations right
1: Mm.
0: you know uh, and we know what those structures you guys know what those structures are you know yeah, I mean those situations you don't put yourself in those situations. That's so good. Yeah, because not know,
2: everyone's going to come down to you know buying a house depending on where it is in the strip yeah. or whatnot. But the structure of if there's a once a month you know uh, business party and you know that there's you know going to be women there or it's yeah. out at the bars and you know that's going to be one of your temptations you're going to fall into. It's like, hey, it's okay to say no to that or to yeah. not go or to leave after ten so you don't stay when it starts right. to get really crazy. Like that structure, right? Or if you know that alcohol leads to that, yeah. you know, um,
0: at least while you beat it, right. Eventually you, you know, you, I mean, yeah, just that, that structure, right. If you have a problem with that, and you know, alcohol leads to not thinking about things cause you're just not, you know, that that's one that you leave out as well. You know, Good. Man. I remember uh, one, one instance to, to this day, I, as I was trying to break that cycle, you, you know, During that time, the adversary has a way to mess with you big time, and they don't
2: sound like the adversary; they'll sound like.
0: And the the more that you want to change, the more it's going to be thrown at you. Mm. I remember this one time. I mean, it was just the type of girl that I like, literally just there, and I still say it because I was I was I was barely getting through it. I, I wasn't strong enough yet. If I wouldn't have been. If I would have been drunk, it would have been probably game over. But luckily I wasn't. And then that helped. And then it became longer and longer. And again, if you don't do something for a long time, yeah. you 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 start to dislike it. And yeah. you're like, man, I mean, here's the bottom line. Now that I am where I am, I think back. And I was like, I was willing to leave, lose everything, leave it. For what I thought was a better situation. Now I think back and I was like, "What the f was mm-hmm. I thinking? Like I was gonna leave everything. Like money didn't matter, yeah. family didn't matter, and um, I'll never let that stronghold get get a hold of me again. Mm. Like you just
2: don't let it happen, dude. That's so much respect. Yeah. Like seriously, I give you. Yeah, because I'm a man. Yeah, a lot of men are watching this women are probably gonna respect the crap out of you because they want men to be more like you in the sense of being able to have that structure and and like but i resonate and you know i I feel like we all have these temptations and one of the things that i learned that actually was it was liberating is i uh read i think two times now audible i like audible uh the way of a superior man by David Data. I'm going to check that out. And it's one of those, the OGs kind of classic ones. And there's multiple books like John, Dr. John Gray, Men Are From Mars, Woman From Venus. Amazing book. Um, and David Data is The Way of a Superior Man. It's it's it's, it's very uh, raw in the sense like there's some interesting kind of weird things, but he has a lot of truth to it on understanding masculinity. Yeah. And the one thing, actually there's two things, but I'll share the one on this episode is the one thing that really helped me understand me and I think will help a lot of people is The masculine energy to its core, especially when it's in the presence of pure feminine energy, it will always be attracted to that in the sense of you have to have the understanding that when you see a young, beautiful woman, whether you're 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, you're always going to see that young energy, right? Mm -hmm. You will always be drawn to that. It is Mm -hmm. nothing that's ever going to go away even if you're in the most committed, beautiful relationship, like how you are with Teddy, yeah, beautiful woman, successful, she's impactful, she's an amazing mom, you will always have that because it's not about you, it's about the energy. Mm-hmm. The key of this though, and this is why he talks about the way the superior man is, the superior man is not meaning that you're authoritative or dictator. You know, a superior means that you are in control of your emotions and your energy, not the emotions and energies in control of you. So he says that, when you feel that pull and you catch those eyes and you ask permission to look or I say, bounce the eyes. I learned that from my pastor years yeah. ago. He's like, bounce the eyes. You know, like when I, yeah. and I try to do that, like when a woman walks by me and I'm like, you know, like with my significant other, like I, you know, just kind of just look away just naturally. Cause I want to. I know she's subconsciously watching yeah. that. But the thing is, is that it's the power of the man to acknowledge the feminine energy, know mm-hmm. that she's absolutely stunning, beautiful, whatever it is, but to have the discipline or the structure, mm-hmm. To keep moving forward with the one you are with. Because yep. the truth of it and you hit it on the head is, yes, it may be exciting. Just like how on social media we always see the superficial. See the superficial. Oh my God, you guys are talking. You're amazing. They're connecting. There's there's energy. There's this. She's beautiful. But you're only seeing the good side. You're only seeing the 10%. And maybe mm-hmm. that's how it was, and this is how you prove it to yourself. Maybe that's how it was when you first met the one that you're now married with. It was exciting. It was good. It was good. It was this it was this. And then you got to the real rawness and then you guys overcame those problems and got closer and closer, every single person like that will be exciting. Yeah. And that's where the brain is like, oh, but I could do this. Yeah. She may be better here. She may be better here. It's like, no, you're with the woman now because you obviously found something that there was a holistic yeah. package that that woman, she might not be personal about. She might have daddy issues. She might have this and this and this that you mm-hmm. don't know about because all you're thinking about is the way she looks and how she makes right. you feel. Yeah. So when I learned that from David Data, it completely liberated me to understand that it's okay Jake yeah. like you're a Christian man you're you're you know growing like it's okay to like find this woman attractive if you're in a relationship but don't go to it yeah acknowledge it and keep moving forward and that is something that just yeah. completely changed my life just no,
0: so I, I don't know if you remember this in in Think and grow rich which is just an amazing book you know I read it didn't read it till
1: 2020
0: mm. like grants and like ed like everything was, that was in this book I'm like wait I kind of experienced yeah, yeah. most of this and I, I don't know what chapter it is, but it talks about the reason men become successful in their forties, and that's really when they have their, is because they stop chasing women.
1: Mm, yes, that's and yeah. All towards a the sudden, end of the book,
0: I believe. Yep, that energy that the they- sexual
2: transmutation, yep, I believe. That energy
0: that they used to waste, I don't know if you call it waste, but yeah, you know, expend, expend, yeah, yeah, is spent. On that, they put it towards something else. Yes.
2: Right? That's a, and now exactly that inter- it. And, and when
0: I read that, I was
2: He was like, talking about this in the 1920s or whatever that was written.
0: Well, and that's the thing, right? He, he, he literally interviewed all these successful people. What was it, like 40 of them? Yeah. Which would, in this case, would in this year, would be billionaires. Back then, they were millionaires. Yeah. And they all talked about the same thing. And that's what they all had in common. And yeah, it's just, you know, you take- that attention and you put it somewhere else and you could do some amazing amazing things and you it's know? a prime
2: example with what you've created yeah i i just think that part of your life and that message continue to amplify it yeah men and good. women resonate with you however the men need to hear that because you're not just coming in and saying hey i'm a relationship coach and i've learned these things it's like no no, no. once again Dude, you're a walking, living example. You need to express that more because I know there might be the most amount of messages coming through this to you, which you should be messaging this guy on social media. Let him know how he's impacted your life. You know, connect with him. We'll talk about all that in a second because we're going to be wrapping this up. Yeah. But uh, that right there is going to change lives because in a time like now where there is so much instant gratification, there's so much comparison. And we know comparison is a thief of joy. And if you can easily compare yourself or compare your significant other to another one that you see on the, the wall and within a split second, you're thinking they're better because they just have a better angle and look. Yeah. And now you're losing your joy. Cause there's that instant comparison. Like we need people like you that are, you know, And I, my mission is to do it, but I'm younger, so I'm going to do it in a different way and I'll resonate a different way, but I believe you have a mission on that, that maybe you don't fully even understand yet on how you're going to impact relationships, impact masculine and feminine energies. Yeah.
0: Not I, I believe that, and you know again, like you said, your test is your testimony. So yeah,
2: yeah, brother. Yeah, this has been amazing. I'm like, dude, we're gonna just have. I'm gonna, I'm so excited just to brief with you after yeah. and all these things, and just you know continue this conversation. Hopefully for you know you just years and years onward. I I truly think you're an incredible human. Thank you. Appreciate I you. I believe that you have an anointing that is bigger than what you see today. And, and I feel like and everything, everything plays for its reason on the sense of, you know, and good thing we're wrapping up here. Our cameras are dying. (laughs) I I believe that, you know, just since 2017, you're really finding yourself with the personal development world, but like, we need to expand you quickly in the sense of like, you have so much within you. Like I told you, I want to connect with some people that get you on even more stages. Yeah. Your mission and your message is everything. This has just been. I think we almost went for probably over two hours. I don't even know. But this has been so amazing. With Joe Rogan style. Joe Rogan style. I know. And I I wasn't even planning to do it like that. But, you know, when I'm able to extract such beautiful wisdom and knowledge and stories, I realize that that takes time. Yeah. But hopefully it's things that, you know, never, um, that that you won't find anywhere else. And if this could be that space, then I'm like, hey, let's go two hours. Yeah. (sighs) Man. Is there anything that you just like, you know, as we wrap up here, anything you want to share? Any, any like last thoughts or like something, you know, for the listeners? Yeah, sure. So
0: one thing that we didn't talk about is for me, the areas of my life that I continue to try to improve on, because again, in life, you're either growing or dying, right? Mm -hmm. So number one for me is faith. Number two is fitness of the body and mind. Yeah. Number three is family. And number four is finances. Now, before you Ask, well, why are you choosing fitness before family? Mm -hmm. Well, because if you're not feeling good about yourself and if you don't have energy to pass on to your family, it doesn't matter how much love you have for them if you're constantly tired. Like if you watch me on Instagram, I'm constantly playing with my son. We're running around, we're having a good time because I'm taking care of my body, right? And I'm also taking care of my mind. That's why it makes me a better man. And then family, right? So faith, fitness, which is body and mind, um, family, and then finances. Now, what you got to understand is that if you want to be great at any of these areas of your life, you're going to have to become obsessed with them. Mm. Which means that the other areas are going to get they're going to get hurt. But the good news is that during our life, different areas of our life will begin to spike. Yes. So, in fact, I just. I, was, uh, I just posted something on Ecclesiastes where it says there's a time for everything, right? There's a time to be a parent. There's a time mm. for your finances. There's a time for all that, right? So during your lifetime, different areas of your life will begin to spike. So the idea or what you want to do is you want to identify which of the areas aren't spiking. Mm. And as long as you identify the areas that aren't spiking, then you make a conscious effort to just make incremental improvements. And as long as you do that, you don't allow that area of your life to die off. Yeah. The last thing you want to do is do what I did when I went cold turkey and I stopped working on my fitness of my mind. Because eventually, when you don't work on something, it dies off. Yes. So what happened to me in 2016 is that pillar came crumbling down. And when that pillar came crumbling down, it caused the other pillars to come crumbling down. My faith crumbling down. My family crumbling down. And then my, it almost crumbled the one pillar that was spiking, mm, which was finances. my finances. Yeah. So again, you're gonna if you want to be great at something, you have to become obsessed with it. But just identify what areas of your life aren't spiking. Make incremental improvements on that. And you'll be growing and you won't be dying. That's so, so in all good. areas
2: of your life, you got to be intentional about that being aware making the small incremental shifts people think they have to be putting multiple amounts of energy here 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 and it's like no 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 like focus on the one that's growing significantly and put a lot of energy but still put little you know sprinkles of energy in the other place oh. to make sure just enough that it's not you know it doesn't have to be spiking too because it's probably only gonna be really one area maybe if you're you know like something beautiful is happening two areas spike One's going to need majority of your energy, but the other areas need to just be sustained so it doesn't crumble, which then causes everything else to crumble. And just
0: like incremental improvements. Like if you haven't worked out for 20 years, of course you dislike it, but don't try to go six days a week the first week. You know, don't try to work out for an hour. Like just work out for 10 minutes. Go walk around your neighborhood. Yeah. You know, and then eventually just make incremental improvements and you start growing and you're not dying. But if you don't work on an area of your life, it will die off. Right, and again, my experience. Yeah, my fitness of the mind came crumbling down. It caused that thing to cause all the other pillars to come crumbling down. Luckily, I was able to catch it in time because I knew what the problem was. I needed yes. to work on my mind.
2: Wow, what so, a what a way of ending this thing yeah. with that wisdom. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if, if there was nothing else you guys took, that enough would be good. But awesome, my brother. How do people find you? You know, you talk about Skyline and this amazing way that your mission is to help. More seven-figure figure earners be birthed than any other sales company out there. I know there's people out here that might be like, "Gosh, I want to. I, I might want to be learn. I don't care about the money. I just want to learn from this guy." Yeah, yeah. How, how does that work? How do the people find you? How does so you it work? You can find
0: us at joinskyline.com. Okay. you can go on Instagram, joinskyline.com. And what I believe about both opportunities that we have, which is the solar side and the home security side, is that they're both recession-proof. Yeah, you know, and fear sharpens listening. And what happens when fear comes in, people are reminded of what matters most, which is their family, mm-hmm. their home, you know, and obviously they're scared, so they want security. And then the other piece is the solar part, and we do a bundle package. And solar is the same thing, it's a recession proof because no matter how broke you are, or, you know, economies come, you know, it's crumbling down, people need to pay for power. Yes. And solar allows you to cut that power bill in half, and it's no cost. You literally are taking the power bill and you're cutting it in many cases, you know, giving them a discount on that where they're going to pay less for solar than they would with
2: power. So it's like got an apply. irresistible offer. Like it's, yeah. you just got to know the skills, learn, learn the 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 benefits, but also the emotional reasons and you're going to crush yeah. it. Discard- and what I
0: love about it the most is that as long as you have a willing heart, mm. you can succeed at this. We can teach you everything because we can teach you the skill set. Again, I go back to me, 15 years old, couldn't complete sentences, yes. Yes. Uh, sweating and uh in fact one of my guys that just started with us six months ago i love the guy so much because he reminds me of me so much and uh, he started about seven well now it's gonna be about a year but when he first started he couldn't complete sentences mm. he was a chef had a hard time very timid and now he's our number one sales guy in the company wow. on the solar side brought his family over from the philippines when he first started with us he said hey my dream is to bring my, my daughter and my and my uh wife to the us and he worked his butt off and you know now he's making you know 70 grand 80 grand a week you know oh my gosh
2: uh uh, pretty cool dude yeah so and then anyone in the nation can do this correct yep so can it be done uh what if like they're not in california or you know yeah no we're nationwide Nationwide.
0: so you know what um pretty much and then we have programs where you know, as long as, as, as they're a good fit, we'll fly them to areas okay. where we'll, I'll put them with the our top guys. Because, see, again, goes back to common sense and drive. You need two things to make six figures, seven figures, eight figures a year. You need to find an opportunity that allows you to make that kind of money. Yes. And then the second thing you need is you need to find someone who's done it before yeah, so who has a vested interest in your success that's going to help you do it. Yeah. If you look at the story of my life, that was it. I found an opportunity that allowed me to make that kind of money cuz $70,000 a year at 21 years old, there's only so much money I would have made at that call center. Like the oh. most I probably could have got to maybe by 28 I could have started making 250 grand, but I wanted to make 100 grand at 21. I didn't want to wait 8 more years to make 100 yeah. grand. So I found, an oppor- and I found an opportunity that allowed me to make that kind of money. And then I found someone who was yes. willing to teach me, which was the VP of sales, who had a vested interest in my success to help me do it. And here we are today.
2: And there's a lot of very, very well-equipped people that are listening right now that are on the wrong vehicle. And that's yeah. when they get capped out, maxed out. 100%. And so all they need is the right vehicle and the right mentorship, mm-hmm. opportunity, mentorship, as you mentioned. Yeah. And now they're just going to yeah. take off. And I yeah. believe yeah. it, man. I believe in it because I believe in you. And I believe yeah. that you have, like, if I was to work with you and, you know, be part of this, like, I believe in it because I know that you have my best interest in mind. So you're yeah. influencing me, not manipulating. The best interest of yours would be you're going to manipulate me and you wouldn't have a company this size. Right. Yeah. but you truly care about the person's outcome first and that's i mean gosh there's some people that i could see right now that if they joined you listening like they would blow it up and maybe yeah. this is just the opportunity that they've been waiting for that they tried some other things and it wasn't working or it just didn't feel right and now they can come in here and start with personal development and the paycheck comes from behind
0: yeah and, and, and you that's what i love about what we're doing too is you know especially now with personal development it's everywhere right And you can pay for different master classes. And the problem is most of the people that are doing it, they don't have a vehicle to show you on how to make the money now, right? So the beauty about Skyline is we're going to give you the education. But then while we give you the education, we're going to say, here's the vehicle. And why that's so close to my heart is, again, it goes back to my story. Remember the call center that I worked for? Yes. They worked on my mind every day for an hour for an hour that's why when you join skyline you're going to get a lot of personal development because i I want to give back the way that call center gave back to me and then i'm also going to show you here's the vehicle for you to knock it out and change your family tree forever
2: wow we're gonna have to to find a way to have some synergy i I train on optimizing influence and sales it's like my my master workshop i didn't i didn't know that you did that but yeah for people listening join skyline that's where you find them um, and then, if you want to find me on my personal one, yes. it's
0: at Ted Winator, Ted Winator. Tedwinator. Tedwinator. T E D W I N A T O R. If you're wondering why I have the name Tedwinator, it's because my, my wife and I used to share our account. Oh, okay. <laughs> and when she became big on Housewives, she started her own account. So I said, Well, can I have the old account? <laughs> she said, Yes, as long as you don't change the name oh, and you man. keep it
2: Tedwinator eddie and edwin so there we go i heard by the way random thing that you were uh my space of the week person of the week I was back on MySpace. space <laughs> let's it's up with that you got to share this real quick
0: yeah where'd you find that one from? I, I
2: just you know through the grapevine i
0: was a nice little winner under my belt i was uh yeah. my space of the man my space man of the week i i forgot how i even got on that thing but they got a picture of me and i was you know looking pretty pretty ripped and I ended up winning it. So I that's think that's awesome. why Teddy doesn't let me have my okay, own. Okay, yeah, 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 right.
2: <laughs> MySpace days. Anyways, brother, thank you so much for yeah. sharing this. Once again, I acknowledge for the man you are. I acknowledge for the people that have been impacted and will continue to be impacted in in ripples of that through your wisdom, through your stories, through your experience, for not saying no, for not taking you know, failure as an answer and also letting your faith carry even through the toughest of times. Girl. So many beautiful things, brother. Yeah. Find this man. Send him a message, let him know how he impacted your life and learn more about join Skyline, see how he could help you or whatever feels best. But at the end of the day, find this man and let him know the impact he created. Until then, guys, I just want to say, as we wrap up here on the Strategic Life Podcast, the one thing I could say is if you're here at the end of this episode, this is going long, please just share this with someone that you know that his message can truly just give the shit you know, give the shift in the paradigm that they've been believing, send this to them, let them know, send them a personal message and say, hey, this is a long one, but it's it's one that's worth it. You know, think of it like watching a movie or listening to a movie, but even better. And send it to them and let them know why you're thinking of them, because that truthfully can be the one thing that just sets them on a whole new path. And his message, you already know that. So that's all I gotta say. Until then, go create your strategic life and we'll see you in the next episode. Talk soon. Great
1: work, brother. Thank you.